0: Click,
1: pay, and download instantly.
2: Welcome to the podcast.
3: 90 Day is going tropical on the new Discovery Plus original series, Love in Paradise, the Caribbean. It's a vacation love story where sun, surf, and seduction collide. Four Americans are traveling back to the exotic islands where they hope their sexy romances can turn into forever. Love in Paradise, the Caribbean, a 90-day story. Streaming now only on Discovery Plus. Start your free trial. Terms apply.
4: Oh, two,
5: one, two. go, go. go. Surgeon. go. Booster. go. Copy that we have a go from you guys this is talking sound.
6: well hello everybody and welcome to this episode of the talking sound podcast still coming to you from Austin Texas but soon to be coming to you from the road I just got like a whole list of bookings and that's what we are going to be talking about today Roadwork: how to prepare yourself for road work how to even begin to mentally prepare yourself for road work in this not necessarily post pandemic world but hopefully in the pandemic on the decline world Um because man it has been a year since some of us has had a gig and we really got to knock the dust off these cables there was there was a show that I saw recently um, a conference where it was like, "Wow, do we really just have like 20 feet of cable rolled up on stage in a Q and A session? What's going on here? Like, have have we just gotten sloppy, folks?" So we're going to be talking to the amazing audio engineer out of Austin, Willis Snow today. Uh, she is fresh off the road from a great little mini tour with the local group Laylines. We will be talking to her about the preparations for such a thing right now. Uh, how all of that went Uh, what what do you have to do to get your gear ready to get back on the road get yourself back in gear to be back on the road all that and so much more in this episode when we come right back from this message from our sponsor have you considered starting a podcast looking for a way to make your business a voice of authority in an industry Then podcast cadet is the solution for you whether starting a podcast for yourself your brand business school church or just plain fun podcast cadet is here to help you navigate the waters of the podcast industry specializing in one-on-one consultation and training with industry professionals and fields ranging from podcast technology and editing to distribution monetization and even social media strategies podcast cadet tailors their services to the specific needs of you and your podcast Do you already have a podcast and trying to find ways to engage and grow your audience? Sign up for your Podcast Cadet audit today and let us help you explore new and exciting ways to leverage your content and elevate your podcast brand to whole new levels. From consultational workshops to affordable podcast production and maintenance packages, Podcast Cadet is your one-stop shop for everything podcast-related on the Internet. Visit podcastcadet.com today to sign up for your consultation or training and use code talking20 to save 20% off your entire purchase. That website again is podcastcadet.com. That's right, folks. Podcastcadet.com. Stop on by today. Check that out. Sign up for one of their workshops. Full disclosure. I am one of the founders of Podcast Cadet. Uh, the whole reason I started that was because I saw friends getting really bad advice, whether it was equipment to buy that was like way out of budget for them and way beyond need for them, or whether it was folks that were trying to start a show for their business and just were putting a show together and weren't really branding it for their business. So uh, feel free to stop on by, use the code TALKING20, and you will get 20% off your entire purchase while you are there. Please also make sure to stop on by our fellow sponsor, True Hem Science. True Hem Science is out of Austin, Texas. Uh, they are my CBD supplier. I have been using them almost exclusively for the last three years of my time on the road. Uh, My doctor came to prescribe me CBD, actually, as a recommendation for my anxiety. And it was right up around that time that I found Christopher Lynch, the founder of True Him Science, at a local farmer's market. And man, traveling the country, going to dispensaries, things like that, they are by far the best thing that I've found. Uh, Absolutely amazing stuff. Talking 7 is your code to be able to save 7%. Off your entire cart of $50 or more at TrueHimScience.com. Make sure to stop on by there. Use that code and you will also get two, count them, two 25 milligram edibles, either cookies or brownies, on your way out the door. So True Hymn Science Talking 7 is the code. Our guest today and her website, WillisSnow.com. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Willa. How are you?
7: Thanks, Chris. I'm doing great. How are you?
6: Doing fantastic. Was that a shameless enough intro? Mm, not nearly
7: shameless enough. You need okay. have more bells and whistles and maybe a confetti cannon or two. Oh. I think Zen will be there. I could mm-hmm.
6: get a ballyhoo. I need a ballyhoo in you know, here. That's,
7: yeah, ballyhoo would do it.
6: I wonder if I could get some <laughs> truss hung in this 10 by 10 room. I bet I could call somebody.
7: There we go. We know a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we
6: definitely know a guy. How have you been doing?
7: Been doing great. I'm tired. Oh, <laughs> I'll bet great.
6: you were actively <laughs> out on show site until the wee hours of the morning in Fort Worth,
7: was it? Yeah, Fort Worth. Uh, I got to bed at 4 a.m. last night.
6: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, and and that's just it. And uh, the thing is, coming in at 4 a.m. does not mean that you are going to bed at 4 a.m. You know, no. <laughs> like even even just even if you're dog tired, the drive alone will will amp you back mm-hmm. up inside, you know. Um, exactly. And, and then you
7: get home and then uh, like the whole unloading process is yeah. like, OK, now I need to wash my face. I should probably eat something, drink some water. Yeah. Say hi to the honey, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Up to the cat.
6: <laughs> well, and, and just for those of you who are like, say hi to your honey, just so you know her honey is also an audio engineer. So he was coming home from a gig at the same time. <laughs>
7: oh yeah. We don't <laughs> play. play for the dad. <laughs> well, you know, it's
6: it's really funny that you say that because that was part of what I wrote in this episode description was like and even said in the intro is how do you prepare yourself? Like my joke, I, as you know, Will, I went from the world of rock and roll into the world of corporate AV. And my joke has yeah. the whole time has been like, it, man, this thing's just breaking in nap time. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> uh it's, yeah. it's 10 AM. It's supposed to be nap time right now. I've been at home with my kid for the last year. Like,
0: yeah.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, exactly. I'm supposed to get a 30 minute <laughs> eye close right now. What's going on? Um,
7: <laughs> we're, a, we're catering. I'm supposed to have a coffee break with really weird pastries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
6: Exactly. So, uh, mm-hmm. what has it been like for you over just the last couple few months, getting, getting prepared, not only physically, but mentally for the rigor that it takes to spend 18 hours a day working?
7: Well, uh, it's it's still an adjustment period because, I mean, it, it, I'm sure you're going through this, too, of, like, realizing, going back into it, that some of the habits and coping mechanisms that you had before the pandemic don't really work anymore, at least for me, that's how it's been. Mm, yeah. You know? Interesting. So, like... Yeah, so like my way of just kind of like going through it. I mean, I remember, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic when I was doing my 2019 taxes, um, and I was like calculating all the miles that I drove for work. I realized that for about 80% of the year, I was pulling double shifts. So I'll have like a morning yeah. corporate or bath concert hall gig and then I'll have a rock show in the, in the evening. Um, and I remember going through all of that and thinking, wow, no wonder I was so fucking tired all the time. Yeah, man. What? Yeah. Yeah. And so now, like, getting back into it, I mean, there was definitely, like, a – I mean, I I started getting back into work in February. Because I was very lucky that I had a friend of mine uh based in Florida that had some corporate work come up. Mm. So, it, it was – that was a really great, like – first foray back into the industry because yeah. it was very cushy. It was in a fancy hotel on the beach and it was all like this religious corporate thing. Yeah, so it was yeah. all fairly simple. Yeah,
6: we've we've uh, got a 10-foot truck to load in.
7: Yeah, you know. exactly. <laughs> I mean, there were definitely some challenges because that was like the worst crew that we had. So our bodies definitely took a beating because um, she and I ended up having to like pick up the slack quite a bit and like mm-hmm. end up having to undo and redo a lot of work that our quote help <laughs> like they did their best they did I'm being mean they did their best but like we had to redo a lot of stuff and like it was a two day load in for a simple show um that took ha- like 4 hours to load out so it was ridiculous uh but so that was like a pretty good like first step back into things cuz like we had you know good four-hour blocks in the middle of the day to go and rest and yeah. like we were eating really well and so that was like a good first step and then i i was working um i had a day job at guitar center at the time too so like i was working full-time and then i was starting to be flown out for these gigs um and it was really weird at first because i mean I, I, in february i wasn't vaccinated so and oh, yeah. i was yeah and in I didn't know this before I went out, but uh, Florida didn't have a mask mandate. And I was often, yeah. yeah. And I was the only, like more often than not, I was the only person in an entire ballroom of people with a mask on. Um, So that was really uncomfortable um, Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. But I was being paid really well. So, you know, it's like, eh, what, and I, I was, able to get tested and i i kind of like social distance as best as i could but also when you're in an enclosed space with a hundred people that you don't know and it's like yeah it it was it was tough um and weird but also like it, it was hard to get past um man i'm like at work and i don't even care that it's just one person on one mic for an entire three hours you know yeah, Like, this is just amazing. Um, and it just, it made my heart so happy. And the fact that I was working with one of my best friends as well, uh, that just made everything incredibly, incredibly wonderful and it made my heart feel so, so full. Um, and I, and I got back home and even though I, like I was sore <laughs> from loading a 10, 10 foot truck, uh, with like, you know, triangle truss and a few like single par lights and a couple of QSE stickers Yeah, yeah like, just uh, it was
6: like Up like up light sticks for the back of the room.
7: <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And he's like, all of this really old like it was it was great. And like uh, I I came home like, When can I go back out again? Let's do this again. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Like, uh I missed this. My heart. Um, so Yeah. Uh, and then as time went on, like things started to trickle back in and I started to get some calls from people. And, um, I picked up a club gig in Georgetown and I started doing some of those. And then it just kind of like started to slowly snowball. And then while I was also at guitar Center, I connected with, uh, my, one of my, my newest client, Zach Person.
0: Mm.
7: And I, I ran sound for him at a little outdoor coffee shop gig last December. And he came in to buy some strings, and uh, we just reconnected. And he hit me up two days later with a slew of dates and said, "Hey, you available?" And I said, "Yep." And you bet. I quit my dad's guitar center. I'm like, yep. <laughs> bye. I'm out. <laughs> Not
6: that guitar center doesn't need good people, Willa.
7: It's um, true. It's true. And I love. I love. They need the really good people. But they do. And it was a really great job. It was like the people oh, there yeah. were, they were great to work with. And yeah. like, you know, and it was good hours and decent pay. But it's also like, this is not what I'm here to do. Well, you know? I'm,
6: I'm, no, no. And uh, you know, uh, one of, one of the comments that I made in the actual description of this episode was the difference between a weekend warrior sound guy and a professional audio engineer. Uh, Right you are a professional audio engineer. This is what you do for a living it's not It's not a hobby. It's not like you go plug in you know a a few inputs at a club into a powered mixer you know right uh you are setting shows yeah. up from from the ground up every night, different venues, same person things like that you You over the many years that I've known you have shown yourself to be more than the swiss army knife of a technician that it takes because i mean when you're on the road with even even your recent little mini tour with ley lines things like that when you're on the road like that you even especially now in the modern day and age baby you're a broadcast technician too i don't care who you are yeah you know like that's been my joke over all this is like i spent years trying to get out of a broadcast studio and now i'm back in one now, now you have by default forced me back into live broadcast. Back <laughs> right? in your box. Yeah. Now, can we all just agree that we'll do it live? Can we just agree with that and skip all the rehearsals that take two days? Can, can we just get to that point already? If we're just going to all be live broadcast text again. <laughs> Because (laughs) only live broadcast technicians and people in 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 what we do will know where that moment comes from, you know, and and the utter the utter joy of it inside when it happens. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) like yes, told you this wasn't going to work, man. So, uh what has it been like for you uh especially in that little mini tour that you did recently? What were what were some of the things that uh that you came up against that maybe you had forgotten about, you know, in that in that year not being on the road uh, as far as w- were were there any humps, bumps in the road that y'all came up against? Uh
7: well the first one is a pretty basic level Oh For me, which I did. I was like, oh my God, I know, I'm so sorry. I just, I didn't know, like, (laughs) I wanted to make sure I had options. And, like, I didn't, I wasn't sure if I was going to need all of my rain gear. I, I just, so I brought, I brought all of it because I didn't know if I was just going to need the rain jacket or if I was going to need the boots as well. And, like, so, (laughs) and I didn't know if I was going to have the opportunity to do laundry. So I was just like, I'm taking a full size suitcase. So I felt very embarrassed about that. (laughs) Um, but, Luckily, we had just enough room in the van because uh, we were only traveling with instruments and a mic package, and then and luggage for for that for that run. Oh wow! Um, actually, no, no, we were
8: we were traveling with a console. We were traveling with yeah. a console and cables. With Mailchimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales.
7: Where they weren't providing any sort of usable system, so uh, we d- we brought we did bring a system with us, um, and then the second run we brought console cabling and a wireless in ear rig as well. Mm. So that took up even more space. So I definitely made sure to <laughs> do my part and like. Small. So I but I, I do learn very quickly, like, here's what I'm definitely gonna need for a ten day run, here's what I'm not gonna need, and, and you know, here's like one extra thing as a treat just in case, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, it 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 was interesting kind of getting used to just that little thing again. Um and then as we were prepping to go out, uh the girls wanted to get uh microphones like vocal microphones because they had instrument mics but they didn't have any vocal mics um and we have been talking about getting them set up with with really good vocal mics for a while yeah um and they we it came down to two options and the 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 choice we made was, was simply because it was available mm. uh because they're the back orders are ridiculous right now oh yeah um yeah, yeah, like so it came it came down to like the Sure ksn 9s which they really really loved mm-hmm. and the Neumann KMS105 which is what we we ended up going with the Neumann KMS uh because there were four available that we could get before we left. Um and the the Shure's unfortunately they just they're not available right now. Um which is a bummer, but you know, we're going with Shure for our, for our ears, so that's so we're we're making it up to them, but you know, it's still it, it was just like that this is what is available and you know we have to spend a little bit more money but they're still really great mics and we're really happy with them. So so it all worked out, but you know, choices are are narrow for when you're purchasing uh oh yeah, that's it. Um when you're when you're purchasing gear, um it, like you're thinking about like with your band, okay, we're gonna need this piece of gear and this piece of gear. Yeah. Um what well is it available? Can you even obtain it at this point? Uh, some, a lot of the times right now, the answer is no. And that's across the board, not just with microphones and audio gear. It's in instruments. It's in lighting. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, it, I mean, it's, it, and we ended up going through some car trouble too, because our AC went out this past oh. Friday. You're we talking about, how, I know it was horrible. Oh, God, that's uh, rough. We were, we were trying to figure out. Oh, yeah. You it, could it, take it, me it through nuts, two days but. of not
6: eating before I deal with that.
7: <laughs> exactly, especially in the south, man. Like driving through Georgia, oh, like, no, no that, that's
6: jungle oh. hot. That's tough. Like, we live <laughs> oh, in Texas, yeah. folks, and we're like, wow, that's hot.
7: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But, see, Texans survive, yeah, off of AC. like that's how we get through our 150 days. Like, we have AC, uh, and that's the only reason we stick around, you know, because we can stay inside. Yeah. Um, for. <laughs> Really, really hot months. But anyway, like we were trying to figure out how can we source a new car? Like, let's, let's sell this one for parts and get a new one while we're in, cause we had a two days off in Nashville. Mm. And it wasn't available because Ford is, is experiencing huge, huge backward yep. because the manufacturer of a certain microchip within their cars is complete. Their, their factory is backlogged. Yeah. So there's just, there's every, everything everywhere is just stopped. So yeah. It's hard to get resources right now, and that's that's a that's a challenge. That's really weird and difficult it, to overcome. It, it's
6: it's really been interesting to see that. I actually went out not too long ago to uh, San Diego to install a studio in a friend's house, a podcast in a mm-hmm. uh, home radio station studio, and just going to Guitar Center. It was it was it was like going to the grocery store at the beginning of the pandemic it was like yeah. wow yeah. wow look at this like the walls yeah. are bare like i i had never mm-hmm. walked into a guitar center where you know th- sometimes you got to run on things there's there's a new new model comes out and because that's out of stock people will buy the previous model you know right because <laughs> they were excited like, all yeah, kinds of I mean, stuff but it was like i remember yeah. uh my birthday last year going fishing and uh, for my birthday, and I went to Academy down the road just to go get my license and stuff like that uh, for the fishing guide. And it was the same way because, hey, what else were you going to yeah. do? Like fishing, you can't get more socially distant than that. Right. You're out on a boat That's in the middle true. of the lake.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. but
6: it was just strange <laughs> to walk into Guitar Center and it was like shelves were bare. It was like, wow.
7: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we would have people come in every day asking, like, are you guys closing? Mm. Like, what's going on? And we're like, yeah, uh, well, as soon as we get a new shipment, it leaves. Like, we'll fill the shelves, but by the end of two days, it's all gone. Cause I mean, everyone's sitting at home. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's great that they're, that they're learning music. I'm all for that, you know, and trying new production things. Like, awesome. Yes it's also really weird to walk in and say like, sorry we don't have anything but you know there there is free two-day shipping from yeah. us
6: so yeah yeah exactly and you know it's interesting <laughs> that that you bring that up because one of the things that uh i i've always recommended to people is especially if you're going to be on the road and you're going to be moving like that to to buy equipment that is readily available. Mm-hmm. Something that, yeah, you know, kind of, kind of like the Neumann uh, that you were just mentioning a second ago, where those are available at most yeah. of your guitar centers, stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. something where you could hop onto a Sweetwater or a B and H and order it in Nashville and have it waiting for you in Atlanta when you show up two days later. You know, yeah, um, exactly that exactly. kind of stuff, and it's it's so important to have that kind of presence of mind um as the technician and somebody because uh and a lot of that mentality came to me because i i worked on the road with jam bands and stuff like that and they you know jam bands they've all got their own little toys on their pedal board and man without yeah. without that toy i don't know how I'm gonna, how i'm gonna play this song and it's like well you should yeah. really think about that And you should should really find another solution other than that boutique pedal dude that makes like 20 versions a year, and and that's what Mm -hmm. he makes. Hop on the three-year waiting list, you know? Cool sound, but what's going to happen when that integral part of your sound goes down, you know? Is it something that's easily replaceable? Mm
7: -hmm. Yeah, if you're going to build an entire piece around a specific sound, like... Better figure out Plan B in case the
6: sound goes away. Absolutely. Well, and uh, you know, especially with with a group like Ley Lines, who you've been working with for a while now. Um, I remember a little bit, yeah. Uh, even even during the pandemic, they were doing the doing the series that was out in the garden, doing doing the uh, mm-hmm. with the bamboo and everything else. I loved the fact that they were bringing in uh things to actively record the bioelectronic sound of plants and make that generate music and play with it and
7: uh, oh yeah that was with andrea cortez yeah that was awesome that was really cool that was with a yeah that was an amazing gig (laughs) yeah
6: yeah and uh, you know um very unique sounds both in that as well as ley lines and it's it is one of those that a lot of that is the microphone that's used a lot of that to to capture oh, yeah. the nuance of performance that they do the harmonies that they perform things like that so yes. let, let's go into a little bit of why you chose the kms 105 um not just well, because uh, of availability but uh what, what yes. leads to some of the specking and stuff like that. Because that's yeah. probably one of the biggest questions I get from people, even about podcasting, is like what what kind of microphone do I need to get? And it's like I I always start with what do you want to sound like? Like
7: Yeah, absolutely. Like how like, how do you want your quality of voice to be? Like uh, yeah. what what is it that you're trying to capture? Yeah. Um with Line Line, they're they 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 sing very softly. And they have a lot of nuances and dynamic range within their voices. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that I had a microphone that was able to work with with a quiet stage um, and, and had more of a high-end sparkle um, and something that was a lot more sensitive to, like, changes in, in vocal tone and, and that sort of thing. So... That leads to a condenser mic. And, uh, there aren't a whole lot of options, at least budget-friendly options available for condenser mics that are, that are stage-friendly and tour-friendly. Yeah. Um, so we, and one, I, I really wanted the, I I was really looking at the K, uh, uh, KSM, uh, KSM 9 from Sure. Oh, yeah. That has a, that has a dual, that has a dual capsule cardioid pattern and like also because it's dual capsule, you sort of proximity effects. And then also you're able to kind of be off axis and still be picked up really well. Um, so it's not like a ridiculously, uh, directional microphone and Leyline. They kind of sway with their music and they get really into it and Mm. their bodies move. So having the off axis option, uh, for a couple of them was really, really helpful. Um, and we demoed it and we, and they really loved it. And like, it was a nice sound. It was very clean. Um, and so that was great, but it wasn't available. Um, so I have reached out to some other engineer friends of mine now. Okay. Well, what do you guys like? Like, let's remove budget. What do people use for staging for touring? What stands to the rigor stands up to the rigors of the road? Um, that's not a sure product, or at least, I mean, I don't mean to say that we're ignoring sure completely, but like that, that's not the case in nine. And a friend of mine uh, who works for a company called Lectrosonics in New Mexico, he uh, is the vice president of sales. Carl Winkler um, worked at Neumann before he moved to Lectrosonics and he uh, told me about the KMS. um, And he actually um, had an instrumental part in developing that microphone. So I reached out to him uh to ask him like, hey, do you what do you remember of this microphone? Was it super directional? How was the sound quality? Was it really even? Did yeah. it have any like high end spikes or anything like that? So I don't want something that's spiky. I want something that's fairly flat and, and graceful in the high end, you know? Yeah. But it doesn't have like a really guttural like these are, are female voices. And that's another thing. Like I I'm making women that are mostly mezzo soprano and higher in, in terms of their vocal range. So I don't want something that um like Will, will, will enhance a, like the 250 low mid hertz, uh, because it's like that. I mean, a, a lot of time, like Sennheiser and Shure products, they're really great for male vocalists, but not necessarily for females. They're yes. it's just, it, that's just how it works out, you know? They're um, They're made for a much so, more all
6: around sound, period.
7: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and so with Neumann, um, for for a really decent price, like, I mean, we were looking at DPA, too. DPA, mm. put out a, a new microphone called the 2028 that yeah. uh, I demoed with with that person. That mic made me cry. It's so good. It's awesome. That thing is great. You can have a singer in front of a loud drummer, and it'll be clean and clear as a bell and not a, an extra overhead. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a condenser microphone.
6: DPA um, has saying, really yeah. come into the industry strong with their oh, presence yeah. and have, uh, have blown me away with their, I met them first actually at the, uh, Texas Association of Broadcasters when they came out with their yeah. like portable record rig for reporters. You know, just plug it into your yeah. iPhone and it was a fully preamped lapel mic. I was like,
7: wow. Yeah. Um, the quality it's is phenomenal. Yeah, they are, they are worth the price that they have. Like they, yeah. they are definitely, but they're also very pricey and ley line. We're on a budget. So it's like, okay, what can we do? Yeah. And we looked at the Neumann and, um, not going to lie, I had a little bit of a discount available to me. So I, I bought them and we, um, we we tried them out and and the band really really loved them and they got really into learning like microphone technique and um and, and really learning how to play a microphone and how to mm. um sing into it correctly like we talked about like how close ideally you need to be. And we figured out it's like two fingers away from the mic is like the best spot for that microphone. And then you can be a little bit off axis, but try not to be too off axis. And it's a very directional mic, which is great, especially for a loud stage. Mm. Um, and and this stage is very, very quiet. So that's not too much of an issue, but it, it is also nice to have like, especially in small rooms, uh to have that tightness of of the polar pattern. Um, so it's it it's it's a great it's a great mic and we really love using it and especially when we've got like every single input aside from two are condenser mics with the lay set setup and I have sixteen wow. inputs. So it's not a big setup. But they're all condenser mics. So you put that in front of wedges, it's a little tough. It's, it's a little tough. it could get a little um, it could get a little squealy. A little squy, <laughs> <climate>. um <laughs> But you know, like even even so like it, it can take really good game structure, like you can you can really pump some juice into those microphones, and they'll they'll be pretty stable, um, and there isn't too much carving that you have to do to make a wedge sound decent with those things so Wow. it's like even and especially in the club that we were in for that run, uh like very small rooms old rock and roll places, you know, like those are like punk rock, pour a beer in the wedge. Hey, it still works. It's yeah. fine. Kind of, kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, yeah. So, you know, it's not like, not like we're going in with stellar gear. So like the fact that the microphone was really reliable, was great. And also like they're, um, they're just really hearty too. Like the, the actual chassis of the microphone feels like a piece of machinery and it definitely feels, it doesn't feel fragile. Like, it's an expensive mic, but it feels like it could handle being transported and used and thrown around in the back of a van. So, like, that, um, it worked out really, really well for us.
8: With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. With MailChimp, you get more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales with things like data-driven recommendations and powerful automation tools. Get started today at MailChimp.com slash smart marketing. MailChimp built for growing businesses.
7: Um.
8: So we, and we really loved
7: it. And then we moved for the second run. we moved to doing wireless in-ears and that was their first time working with in-ears and, then it was just like the whole world opened up for them. Like I was able to get higher gains uh, out of it than I could before I could have flatter microphones. Yeah. Um, and it made my life a lot easier. Um, and then the girls uh, figured out how to mix their own in years. Um, and then they could hear everything as clearly as they needed to. Um, Cause we had stereo mixes for them. So they were able to yeah. pan things. And they, they were, and they do um, if y'all haven't heard Leyline, go to laylinesound.com. They're amazing. Um, <laughs> They are just going to throw that in there. Um, they, Shameless they, promotion. Their their music. Yeah. Shameless promotion. Their, <laughs> their music is really special and they do a lot of four part harmonies, like fairly consistently throughout all of their music. So they really need to be able to hear each other and hear their instrument and their instrumentation is not traditional in terms of Western music at all. Um, so everything needs to be exactly the way that it, that they need it to, to be. So having, the ability to have accurate replication of their instrumentation with in ears and condenser microphones is amazing for us. Yeah. So that's that's kind of
6: where, where that process was, you know? It's it's really been interesting to see the how the world of live engineering has changed with in ear technology and and mm-hmm. the ease with which that happens now. Um, it, it yeah. used to be so much more involved than what it is now. And now, especially with the, like, like you were saying, the, the mic stand mounted mixers where people can submix their own mix, that kind of stuff. It is, it's a world of different, um, and, and it really does not that, not that monitors are not important folks um, my of course. I've always told folks if you want to you want to get into the heat real quick Uh we had Michael Babcock actually the the author of in the hot seat the the professionals guide to monitor engineering on the show and yeah like monitors mm-hmm. are the hot seat they're like you better be able to pick up on lingo quick because uh, yes. if, if that yeah. person is not happy with their mix it will translate over those main speakers real quick
7: um. <laughs> absolutely. And like, if, if the, if for me, like, I'm a, I'm, I prefer to be a front of house engineer. Like, absolutely. Sure. But I also do, I take the job, like, I mix monitors from front of house all the time. um, And monitors, like, that's incredibly important for me. Like, whether it's a wedge or on ear, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If my artist is happy and my artist is comfortable and they feel safe and they feel like yeah. they can talk to me if something is wrong. Like, that was a really great thing with Leyline, because, like, they're, they have, I mean, being women in the industry, they're so accustomed to being written off and disrespected and ignored. Yeah. Um, and also gaslit. I mean, that, I mean, it's not just for women. This happens to musicians all the time, no matter what your gender identity is, like, yep. from engineers who are having their own bad day. And, like, if a musician tells you, I'm hearing something, Fucking believe them, y'all. Like, yeah. they, they hear something. They may not have the same technical ling- language that you do, but that is literally your job is to figure out, okay, this person is hearing something. This person doesn't feel comfortable on stage. This person is not getting what they need from the monitor. So it is my job to figure out and translate musicianese into engineerese and help them. So, like, with Leyline, we had a lot of conversations um about like what what is needed. And they have very specific monitor requirements. Even song to song, it changes. Mm-hmm. Um and Kate, the ukulele and, and percussion player, she um she and I had a lot of really good conversations because she uh she hears high end in her teeth. Like she can feel it. Mm. Um and it's physically uncomfortable for her. So it's like, okay, how can I make you not physically uncomfortable? Um, and they, it took them a couple of days to get used to working with me because they had had so many bad experiences of just being written off and being gaslit and told, Oh yeah, you're not hearing anything. You don't hear anything. It's fine. And it's yeah. like, no, or just getting, or just so getting like, the
6: magic wave. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's fine. That's good. Right.
7: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, it's not good. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. It, like. And and for me, like, it was funny, like, even in clubs, like, I'll, I'll have, like, people come up and, like, I'll ring out their wedges and, and, like, you know, they'll, we'll get the mix kind of going and, like, I'll see, I'll see someone make a face. So I'll go up to them and be like, Hey, is everything okay? Like, oh yeah, no, it's fine. Like, yeah, but is it felt, is it, and it's like, I don't want to just be told. That it's fine, like sure, I would love to be told that it's perfect, but like it's not going to be perfect, you know. <laughs> Especially if I'm meeting you for the first time, and and I know I'm doing a good job when you're telling me that something yeah. is not right and you're working with me to get the sound right, you know. Yep. Yeah. So, it, okay, I'm off my box now. Ugh. Well, no, 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 <laughs> but, uh, but
6: I mean, it's so important, Willa, and I think I um I, uh, there's more. One of the episodes I did a few seasons ago was uh, audio engineers, the curmudgeons of an industry, Um, uh, because, yeah, people are so used to the salty engineer, you know, Um, they're used to that guy that sees like five, six bands a night, five nights a week, things like that. Um, and then he's off at a church that what uh, the one night a week. So he really only has one night a week off, um, all that kind of stuff. And it's, exactly. it's hard because that it is such an intimate level of trust. Nothing, nothing rang to me more than as, as a house engineer than when a band would ask me to come be their engineer would ask yes. me to come produce their sound live like that meant something to me and it was normally those bands that like i i had that connection across the audience with you know like you were saying like i could i could see that john wasn't happy on the guitar and i could normally tell like what he was unhappy with uh so yeah it was it was those unspoken connections and that uh even as michael babcock put it that shorthand from the trenches, you know, uh, you, you really do become a master of body language in, in that situation.
7: Yeah, absolutely. And especially when you work together consistently, Yeah, um, you really figure out how to, you speak each other's language and mid show you can, you can tell like, okay, so she's not hearing what she needs to hear. So I need to boost this. And then he's got too much of that. And like, I can tell that he's in pain right now. So let's bring that down and like, let's make mm. sure that everyone's hearing is protected. And then, um, and, uh, and like with, with Zach and Jake, um, we developed hand signals. Um, And I kind of, I do my best to keep my eyes on the stage at all times. Um, and like, they'll give me like C, like a, a hand C for click or, and they'll do like up or down or, you know, like they'll lean back, like Zach will lean backwards and point his left, his, uh, right shoulder towards the bass band if he needs more bass in his, in his ears. Like, like we, we figure things out and we're able to make it so that it's not an obvious thing to the audience. So we're still, we're still kind of honing that in because it is still a very new thing. Sure. Um, but like for the most part, that's what we we try to do, and and that helps. Like especially if something changes mid show, which it more often than not does, um yeah. you you are able to make the changes to so that the artist can keep having a blast and keep entertaining and keep the audience happy, you know. And then the audience buys more drinks, and then the venue's happy, and everyone's making money, and it's great. So yeah.
6: Yeah. You know? <laughs> and and what uh, I mean how was the show received across the uh, y'all were over like mid-east coast area right kind of
7: Yeah, yeah. The first run and Line was through the Midwest and we went up to the the, the furthest point was Stevens Point Wisconsin and back. Um oh, wow. and then we did a slew show. Yeah, and then the second run was uh 15 days and that was uh all along the East Coast and we and mm. we went up to, I think the first point, I mean, we did Georgia, uh, and we drove through Tennessee, we did, oh my gosh, all of those on the, I don't remember all of them, but anyway, um, like we went up to DC, Connecticut, like we went all the way up to, uh, Ithaca as well, and we had, uh, I think did a few gigs, we had a couple days in Pennsylvania, um, so we we were kind of all over the the eastern seaboard as well there uh or eastern coast i guess i should say um so it 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 was it was interesting cuz a lot of, a lot of times we were people's first show out of covid
0: mm-hmm.
7: and the midwest uh the midwest they don't it's a market that they haven't quite broken into yet so um a few of the shows were 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 smaller and more intimate um, and then a couple of them sold really, really well. Um, and we like, had people, we, we did a couple of free shows with, um, the Levitt Amp concert series, which is, uh, this really cool organization that, that builds, uh, or, or like pr- provides free entertainment, or they, they'll help build, uh, performance centers, like community performance centers, and they'll put on a concert series during the summer that for like, for, for communities. Um, that don't get access to music all the time. So oh, that that's was a great. really cool thing to be a part of. Yeah. And so, and that has like a built in audience because like we were going to really small towns, um, where they don't get much of anything. And then here we come with our very unique sound. Um, and like these people have never heard anything like it. Mo- like most people in the world have not, like there is nothing like Lane Line. There really isn't um anything like them and th- as soon as they start playing it- it's incredible the reaction from people that have never heard them before it's just L- Layla has a way of like capturing people's hearts and they um like like there was one show that we had um where it, it was a, it, it was a, it was a rainy day and it was a, it was a community concert. And so everybody was there and hanging out and like wanting to, and they were happy to just like be around each other and everyone was talking to each other. Leyline is a listening spirit. They're not a party band. Yeah. Um, so they, um, <laughs> they played a few songs and they, they weren't really being listened to. So they, it was funny. Lydia brought out her teacher voice and she's like, you know, I think, I think we we have a challenge for everybody we're going to we're going to take a collective breath together and we're just going to like breathe together we're going to take the biggest breath that we've ever breathed all day and then we're going to have the biggest exhale and then like and each our uh, band member like led a little meditation like they, they got the entire room of really rowdy people that were excited to just be together to quiet down calm down and connect and yeah. just ground and be present in that moment and have an exchange of energy that was, and it was so powerful. Um, and, like, for, for the rest of the show, people were dancing, they were so engaged, and they, they were just really glued in. And, like, that was the most uproarious applause that we had had. Um, and especially being a lot of people's first concert out of COVID, like, that's, for us, like, that's a huge honor. Because um, yeah. it's like wow you chose us to be your first experience coming back out like wow thank you and that that's that's a huge responsibility on us energetically and just like morally you know
0: yeah
7: um and leilani has such a beautiful and magical way of connecting with people and getting them to 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 feel love again to open back up emotionally and kind of help move through the trauma that they've experienced over the past 18 months and there's still a lot going on right now, and there's still a lot to go through, but they do provide a healing experience for their, for their audiences. And it's really an honor, like, for me as an engineer to help them do that. Um, because I believe in them. I believe in their mission. And I, I have, I, I mean, I bring my own self, I, I own skill set to the table. Um, where it's like, I'm not just like making them louder. I'm, adding in effects to help enhance the message of a song and help and, and, and bring people in. And it's just, it's all like just collectively moving vibration. We're getting metaphysical now here, Chris. So, well, yeah, um, that,
6: That's what, that's what the job is though. And so many people don't understand is, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it seems like it's a cold process to move faders and knobs. And do you know what all those buttons do? Yes, I do. And I know them intimately. They're my friends. Um, it it was not too long ago, actually, about every year I go up to Pennsylvania and uh, videotape my friend's dance school. Uh, this year Mm -hmm. it was going up and doing a live stream and his wife runs the dance school. She came up to the tech booth. Um, and was just, I turned around and caught her kind of like grinning in the doorway as I was setting up all of my video gear and talking to my equipment um as yeah. i set it up yeah you know like oh yeah mm-hmm. we're going to get you over here buddy we're going how you doing you doing okay <laughs> you know and she's like, she's like she's like does everybody in your industry do that i was like in our own special way yeah like yeah our, yeah. our, our gear yeah. is our friend and our gear is our conduit to the audience you know so yeah. um the same way any guitar the same way willie nelson's used trigger for the last 60 years you know like um man i don't know i've i've still got cameras out there that i've had for 20 years they are far out of date willa yeah i just yeah they they helped start my business what am i supposed to do just pawn shop them you know no
7: no no no, like oh my god come on no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like they, they, are they're, they're your tool. They're your instrument. That's you know, just it. like that, it's so, it's an instrument. And especially like, I mean, regardless if you're doing lighting, video, or audio, it is, it's instrumentation, especially when it comes to music. And like, you have to have a musical sensibility in order to do your job really well. Yes. Um, and, and that goes for lighting, video, as well as audio. Yeah. Uh, even backline, shoot, like, yeah, like you have to have that music, that sense of musical timing in order to like figure out your cues and, um, how to, uh, add, but not obscure, if that makes sense. Yep. Like I want to enhance, I want to enhance lay line sound. I don't want to, I don't want to completely cover it. Yeah. I don't want to distract. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the phrase is coming to mind right now, so, um, my This is a very makeup-y thing. So, my my mother, when she taught me how to wear makeup, she used to tell me, you don't want your makeup to wear you. You have to wear the makeup. So, like, yes. when you walk into to a room, you don't necessarily – I mean, sometimes you do. Like, sometimes I do want people to tell me, hey, your purple eyeliner looks fucking badass. Absolutely. Because I spent <laughs> time on this. So, like <laughs> – But also at the same time, you don't necessarily want it to wear you. Like it's, it's, it's there to enhance you. It's the Bobby Brown principle. Like it's, it's there to bring out what's already there, you know, and just like make it a little bit more polished. So that, that's kind of how I approach sound. I mean, unless the band tells me go fucking nuts, in which case, absolutely. I'll throw in crazy delays and shit. Like let's go. But like for the most part, I try to just be like, okay, what do you want to sound like? What things do you like? What things do you don't like? Um, and let's, let's create a sound that's uniquely yours and that, and I'll do my best to replicate that. And I will work with you on it. I'll provide recordings for you and we can work on it together. So I, I want to yep. make sure that I'm making you sound like you, like that, that's as a front of house engineer, I'm supposed to make you sound the way that you want to sound. And especially if you're an artist, you don't get to hear that from the first person perspective live. Like that just doesn't happen. So
6: yeah. 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 You know? No, it's it so entirely important. And what I love is on your website, uh, you actually have on there, when you ask me to mix your sound, you are asking me to become a part of your project. Uh, that is something that I have told people for years and years that I think escapes so many audio engineers and really, really does bring you, Willa, and something, some, something that you may come to later in life is the world of producer, you know, I mean, that's, and, and literally crafting that for other people, because that's, that's so much of what an engineer does. Um, and such a special relationship to have. Oh, we lost her.
7: Are you there? Yes, Hello? there you are. Hello. Hello. Ah, there you are. Sorry, I I lost you for a second. That's
6: okay. It's all right. All right. So okay, I I lost
7: you at. Uh, you were referencing my website, which thank you for doing that. I appreciate. Oh, it. absolutely. Um, shameless. <laughs> if
6: you're not being shameless, it's go go home. Um,
7: yes. Okay. So, but yeah, oh, I have, it
6: becoming you. becoming part of a project, and you know, like I was just telling the audience, um, uh, for me, it's the fact of it. it you are and for somebody to come to you like the bands did to me and like they do with you saying hey i love the way that you make us sound live um mm-hmm. we we would love for you to make us sound like that all the time uh it's mm-hmm. such an honor and it is the fact that you know don't be surprised if later in life you find yourself wearing the producer hat
7: oh yeah i mean i got my start in studio yeah um so- yeah, and, and I, I bring some of that to the table when I'm doing this. Um, I mean, I kind of fell in love with the impermanence of live audio versus like the the looming responsibility of oh my God, this is going to be recorded and preserved forever. I I, I had
6: um, I had my experiences in the studio, and I enjoyed them. I always enjoyed my broadcast studio experiences, but the reason I enjoy broadcast the reason i really enjoy corporate over everything is it takes me right back to my beginnings in all of this in theater where it's like we're we're going to spend a month and a half building sets and after a week of show we are going to have a party and destroy all the sets Mm -hmm. and they'll never be used again Maybe some white yeah, mm-hmm. costuming will be used, but everything will be raised at the end of it and none of it will ever yes. be used again. <laughs> um, and it's literally like that creation of a moment of art and experience. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. and that, that's why when I found corporate AV, uh, I ran arms wide open because it was that experience again of like, wow. Yeah, like we're building huge set pieces and like experiences that people walk through to get into another part of the show, you know, that kind of stuff. It's just mind boggling mm-hmm. sometimes. And it's so great to be a part of that. Uh, what it for- really is. It's- Go ahead.
7: <laughs> it's such an honor.
6: <laughs> well, for, for you as an engineer, um, what, what advice do you give for engineers coming up? Because it's it's kind of that time in your career now that you start lifting those underneath you up and kind of finding those. That's kind of why I started doing labor and stuff like that was like it was it was that time for me. Um, Yeah, I I had the connections. I knew the I knew the clients needs. I knew the people that could provide it. You know, and yeah. to be able to lift yeah. other people into the industry is so fantastic. So what are, what are the next steps for you right now? What are, what are you looking at?
7: I mean, like going back to lifting other people, like I've been lifted up so much in this industry. Mm. I have an amazing support network of people, um, all over the industry in manufacturing and systems, teching and studio, like literally everywhere. Um, that, that support me and answer my questions. And the biggest thing is like, ask questions and it's okay to ask questions. And even though like, like, so I, I got into podcasting over the pandemic and I yeah. fell into a really amazing group of people at the pro sound web network. And I actually got to meet one of the guys I've been podcasting for the past year with um in person at one of our New York shows. Um, and it was so great to he's so much taller in person. So his name is Michael Lawrence and he's a systems tech based in upstate New York. He's so tall. Like, wow. I did not expect that. Um, but he, he and his girlfriend came out to, to a, a show, a, a lay show. And like, it was great to finally meet him in person. And like, yeah. he's, he, he runs a podcast called single Noise. Um, mm-hmm. and he started the podcast because he wanted to have an excuse to ask questions, you know, and yeah. a really good way to ask people who are quote out of your league, uh, and, like get a hold of them and ask them questions to be like, well, I have a podcast, so I'm going to invite them and just interview them, but really it's for my own benefit, you know, like yeah. that's where the idea started. Um, and it, what, what I've come to realize from participating in that group is that like, no one is really out of your reach in this industry. Like I can, uh, like cold email, you know, like the front of house engineer for Billie Eilish and be like, Hey dude, uh, I'm going to be in this area that I think that you're based out of. If you would like, you can come and come and hang out at the show. And I'd love to buy you a beer and just like hang. And more often than not, the answer is going to be like, yeah, absolutely. Because we all are nerds and we love to hang out with each other and like exchange stories and just be yeah. around each other. Um, and yeah, hey, there they are. So, and, and it's, it's a really amazing community of people that just love to share. Um, and Michael, Chris and Kyle have become like my older brothers in the industry and <laughs> like dearest, dearest That's great. friends. Like. Yeah, and like, I can literally text any of them at any point in time and be like, hey dude, uh, I have a question. And they're like, okay, here's a possible answer. And they'll like, I've called Michael so many times. Like, over the past several months of, like, hey, buddy, I'm having trouble with a thing. Can you help me troubleshoot? And he'll troubleshoot with me over over the phone, which is yeah. incredible. Um, Yeah, and, like, Kyle gives me amazing advice and, and emotional support, and we support each other with, like, crazy mental health shit. And, like, Chris, like, he is such an amazing professional dude, and, like his roster of people that he knows all over the country is incredible. So it's like, like I can lean on these people and these are big deal people in the industry to me. But oh they're yeah. also just, they're just people. They're just, and they're my personal friends now because like I reached out to Michael at one point, like two years ago on LinkedIn and like, we've just been connected and then I got invited onto the show. God knows why. And they just kind of kept me. So I'm like, I'm like their pet. You know. So it's like um <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> And then, then I, I slowly upgraded myself to be like the kid sister. But you know, it was like like all of these people like you can just reach out and you can ask. So like yeah for anybody wanting to, to so like I have access to these resources and now I'm finding myself in a position where I can be asked questions, which is a really weird thing for me, but also a really cool thing. Um, and I don't consider myself an expert. I mean, I know things, and when I start talking, it's like, wow, I actually do know things. That's crazy. When you know
6: a lot, happen? you know a lot, lady. Thanks. I, I know a lot of technicians all over the country. You are hands down one of the best audio people I know, Willa.
7: Oh, my goodness, Chris, that, that, uh, thank you so much. Uh, but yeah, like, I. I Had lunch with somebody the other day, and she's she's new to the industry, and she's like, "How do I get involved?" And like, "Well, what do you know? Okay, here's where I can start you at right now, and here's some people yep. I can connect you with, and here's yep. some resources, and here's this." And like, so many people have done that for me, and and it's I'm overjoyed that I get to do that now. I get to do that for other people.
6: Yeah, um, no, uh, same, I'm- same.
7: Yeah, it's amazing. Um, And like, next step is like, I, uh, I, I'm just gonna keep riding this wave, dude. Like, this is amazing. Do I it. am beyond blessed to be working with the people that I'm working with. Like, my calendar is booked solid for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, not just with Layne and Zach, but I'm also going out in September with an artist from New York called Ariana and the Rose, and we're doing a West Coast uh and Southwest tour. Um, and like that, like I, I get to work with really cool people and have these really great experiences and I'm finding myself pushed mentally, physically, uh, mixing wise, like it's, it's, I'm expanding and it's amazing. Um, and I get to meet really cool people and I'm connecting with my industry friends through my travels. Like I'm in, I get to invite them out to shows and then meet them and hug them in person and not through a screen. And like, yeah, it's, I so excited to see where this is gonna go and and to, to provide help where I can and to hopefully you know make the make the world a little bit happier while while I while I go if I can.
6: That's right. That's right. Well Willa, thank you so much for taking the time uh out of your quite obviously very, very busy schedule. Like we had <laughs> we scheduled this right as you started with the ley line stuff. Uh, out on the road and then it, it it's just been great to see the development of all that to see you relaunching out into the world and going out there and doing things where can people go uh we've of course been showing it on on air but uh this is your chance once one final time for shameless shameless self promotion <laughs> On the show, willow, where can people go to get a hold of you to mix audio for them? uh whether live, whether you know studio stuff or live mixes that they want mixed down for albums whatever you do you do all kinds of great work
7: oh thank you chris that that means a lot coming from you. I really appreciate it um. Well, uh, first and foremost, there's my website, willisnow.com. And, uh, my contact is listed on the, on the website, but my email is hello at willasnow.com. Pretty easy to remember. Um, and then, of course, I'm on social media. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. And there are, there are hot buttons for those on the website. But my Instagram is w.snow.audio. Uh, so you can follow, uh, me and my, my little adventures around the world. <laughs> Um, and you can connect with me there. Um, and you know, feel free. Please follow all of my artists that I work with. They are incredible humans that make incredible art. Um, and if we are in town and you want to come hang out at a show, message me. And like, if you want to learn something from me, ask me questions, and I'll do my best to make the time and support you any way I can. So yeah, come out and hang.
6: Absolutely. Well willa thank you so much once again for taking the time it means the world to me i'm so glad to see good people like you out there getting good gigs and working hard it it nothing does does my heart better than seeing good people being able to get good work so i'm, I'm glad Likewise to see for, you're one of you those so well please do hold Sorry. the line while we close things out willa while you were online Checking out everything from Ley Lines, checking out where you can go, uh, where you can book Willa, Willisnow.com. Make sure to stop on by Talking Sound Podcast. That's where you can find all the episodes. That's, we are rebuilding our industry news section right now with all kinds of new RSS feeds from distributors giving you the latest in gear updates, stuff like that in the industry. Uh, while you're checking that out, make sure to stop on by the HC Universal Network. Until next time, everybody, take care of yourselves, take care of your hearing, and thank you for we'll tuning to, you in to this episode Bye-bye. of the Talking Sound Podcast. For more episodes, industry news, and information, visit us online at Talking Sound Podcast.com. Subscribe to the Talking Sound Podcast on Amazon Audible, Spotify, Spreaker, SoundCloud, iTunes, or your favorite podcast service. Get the latest Talking Sound videos on Facebook, YouTube, twitch reach tv or your roku or amazon fire device with the apr tv app talking sound is a proud member of the hc universal network family of podcasts for more great shows and content subscribe to hcuniversalnetwork.com network.com today until next time watch those meters gig safely and keep reaching for 11, 11, 11
8: everyone is saying it's time to return to normal but what if i don't want to return to normal what if i want to return better than ever anytime fitness is the only gym that gives you 24 7 access to support their expert coaches are there for everything from fitness and nutrition to recovery so don't just return to normal anyone can do that Return stronger, healthier, and happier than ever before. Make that your normal. Join now. Visit anytimefitness.com to sign up. With MailChimp, you get more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. With things like data-driven recommendations and powerful automation tools. Get started today at mailchimp.com smartmarketing smart marketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. <laughs>
0: Download our app in
9: iTunes and
2: the Google Play Store.
9: Today's sponsor is Headspace. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but here you go. You deserve to feel better than you do today. And you can with Headspace. They make meditation simple. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. I know because guess what? I use it myself. It's the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. Their approach to mindfulness can reduce your stress, improve your sleep, boost your focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. But it's just not me. Check the numbers. Four weeks of Headspace can increase focus by 14%, and only three weeks of use has shown to cut down aggression to negative feedback by a whopping 57%. That's crazy. With Headspace, you can be 28% less sad in just 10 days. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by Belay. As a business owner, you eventually realize that you can't do everything yourself, right? But hiring, it can be complicated. And what if you only need part-time help? Well, that's where Belay comes in. And you might recognize that name, Belay, because we had the founders, Shannon and Brian, tell us how to actually find the great help online and work with them in episode 408 of the podcast. And you gotta check out Belay because they've been helping so many people who have listened to that episode and they can help you now too. So they provide virtual specialists to help you grow your business. That's what they do. Whether you need a virtual assistant, a bookkeeper, website specialist, or social media strategist, They have the right person to help you with your business without the added stress of having to do everything on your own. They search the entire country to find the right US-based person with proven and tested experience for your needs. So stop spending countless hours every week on tasks someone else can do for you. Let Belays Virtual Assistant help you manage your inbox and reclaim your schedule so you can focus on what matters and achieve your growth that you deserve. So to help you get started, they're offering their free resource, Your Personal Guide to a Productive Workweek for free to all of our podcast listeners right now. Get back to doing what only you can do with Belay's free download of your personal guide to a productive work week. All you have to do is just text the word SPI to 55123 for this free resource today. Again, text SPI to the number 55123. Email. If you're running a business, you need an email list, right? But not only do you need an email list, you need to send the right emails. But not only do you need to send the right emails, you need to make sure these emails are getting into your audience's inbox into your subscribers inbox and as much as i often talk about the fact that email is the way to go and it is the way to go i only wish i had started my email sooner and i hope that you start one soon if you haven't already but i talk about that with regards to and in comparison to things like facebook instagram TikTok, youtube how there's algorithms that are blocking the audience that has said they wanted to hear from us but not everybody who's subscribed on these channels hear from us and the same actually goes for email but it's a very different reason. It's not just algorithms like a YouTube or Facebook controlling it. It's spam, right? And you can send an email, you could broadcast an email out or even an autoresponder and it may not end up in a person's inbox and that's not good. However, if you can solve this problem, you can increase your email deliverability, you can increase your open rates, you can increase click-through rates and all the important metrics that'll help you actually grow revenue in your business. And today we're talking with Adrian Savage from Deliverability Dashboard to give us literally specifics and a whole bunch of them. And he also goes, here are the two things that you need. If you're going to listen to and only do two of these things, here are the things you need to do to make sure you get most of your emails, if not all of them, into your subscribers' inboxes. Here's what you do. If that's not a good setup for an episode, I don't know what is because this stuff is important. It affects your revenue. It affects... All the hard work you're doing to build your email list. And if you haven't gotten an email list yet, this will set you up for success right from the start. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's cue the music.
10: Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit
11: back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he's got 99 problems, but a podcast ain't one,
9: Pat Flynn. What's up everybody, Paflin here, and welcome to episode 498 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. I'm here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. And increasing your email deliverability will enable you to do that. And I have none other than Adrian Savage today to tell us exactly how to do that. All the different ways, including the most important ways so that you can walk away from this episode, implement a couple things, and bada-bing, bada-boom, skadoosh, bow, whatever those sounds mean, you're going to increase your emails sending over and actually landing in your subscriber's inbox. Does that sound good? If it does, let's get started. Here we go. Adrian, welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Hey
12: Pat, thanks. It's great to be here.
9: I'm excited to chat email with you. Email is a very important topic. My audience knows this because I've talked about it so much, but we don't often talk about deliverability and making sure that our emails get not in a spam folder or not the promotional folder, but in front of our audience's eyes. And we're gonna talk about all this for sure and all your secrets and all the fun things. And you have some tools and other things that we can mention as well, but... I'd love to go back into your story just a tad here in terms of like, why did you get so interested in email in this way in the first place?
12: I guess I've always been a geek since I was seven years old and I did the usual thing, went to school, got a job. But it's about 10 years ago, I got into the whole online business area, started working. I became a marketing automation expert. So I worked with tools like Infusionsoft and things like that and help people automate their sales and marketing. And one of the biggest challenges that I found time and time again was people were sending their email emails out and they weren't getting through to their audience and in the early days when I was still a little bit wet behind the ears I struggled to help these people and sometimes I lost clients because they couldn't get their emails through and as time went on then I, I noticed it became a fairly consistent problem that people were having so I, I made it my business to start learning about how to actually improve things and back then things were very different and I had to come up with different software solutions that actually helped but then, as the world has changed, I've just you know stayed up to up to date with that, because at the end of the day, as a as a business person, then the, the tighter your niche is, the easier it is to go and find people. And I found it was much easier to help people with email deliverability than it was to just be another one of those marketing automation guys. And it was something that I loved. It's something that I was good at, and. The rest is history, I guess. It's been always then keeping as close as I can to the forefront of what's going on and just loving
9: it. That's awesome. And this is a classic example of the riches are in the niches and uh, niching down and really honing in on a problem that most of us marketers do have and one that's often overlooked. And it's so true because when you really think about it, you could set up all your automations, you could have the best systems in the world and upsells, downsells, follow-ups, but if nobody's getting those emails in their inbox then it's kind of all for nothing. Yeah. Doesn't matter
12: how good your copy is. You could hire one of the best copywriters in the world, but if you're making a few mistakes that mean your emails go into the spam, then you've wasted that investment. You, you know, you could be spending tens of thousands of dollars on Facebook ads and if people aren't getting the emails that you follow up with, then again you're you're burning money. So it really does
9: matter. So I know that in the world of social media for example, there's algorithms that we're fighting against, there's a lot of calculations and things that are changing that are controlled by other companies, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. And this is why email is so powerful and why it's so attractive because we still control the email front. However, we're still battling against something or else all of our emails would be shown by everybody. What are we up against here? Why aren't all of our emails actually ending up in people's inboxes.
12: So this is where, you know, we still are up against the algorithms. It's just, it's not Facebook and people like that. This time we've got the big three email giants. We've got Google that control more than 50% of the world's email boxes now. We've got Microsoft that are still, you know, they're hanging in there. They've got a lot, you know, you've got Hotmail and Office 365 and that kind of thing. And Yahoo are the third great big giant in the email world. And between the three of those, they will often control 75 to 80% of someone's entire email list. So it means that we've really got to understand what they're looking for. We've got to play by their rules because the the nice thing is, there's not as much control as say Facebook have got you know you're not you're not about to be thrown off a social media platform but you have still got to understand that if you do certain crazy things they're going to sit up they're going to notice and they can decide if they don't like you to send every single email that you send out they can put it into spam so you have got to understand what they're looking for but the good news is that it's not as difficult as it is to say keep on, on top of Facebook's algorithm and, and all that kind of thing anyone can avoid the spam folder as long as they follow a few simple things.
9: Okay so can we talk about what these few simple things are? I think everybody's itching. Is it just a matter of like, don't use a swear word in the subject line? Or is it, I'm sure it's much more than that, but give us the rundown.
12: Yeah, so in the good old days, it was pretty much that. It was make sure you send from a decent platform and and watch your content. Now it's coming to, I guess there's four main things that I focus on now, the four pillars of email deliverability. And the way I get people to remember this is they spell out the word race. And we've got reputation, we've got authentication, we've got content, And we've got engagement and the main thing is reputation because obviously you know as in as in business as in whatever you're doing reputation really matters if you've got a lousy reputation no one's going to want to listen to you what the big mailbox providers are doing is they're pretty much monitoring what you're doing what you're sending and most importantly they're monitoring how people react to you and if they see people marking your mails as spam or ignoring your emails or deleting them or whatever the more they see that the more they're going to write down your reputation in their little book they've got and they'll say hey, Adrian is sending out emails that nobody's reading. He must be sending garbage out. We're going to start putting his emails into the spam. So that's kind of the simple version of it. But it means that everything you do has to be focused on preserving and improving your reputation as much as possible.
9: Okay, so let's start with reputation, then we'll move on to authentication then content, then engagement. Okay, let me just write this down so we can follow. So this will be the sort of journey here in the podcast episode. Thank you, by the way, because I don't see a lot of people talking about this stuff. Usually it's how to get more emails. I talk a lot about what to send when you get those emails. But again, if they're not being found in the inbox, then okay, what's the point? So reputation, you gave us a little bit of a definition of what that is, but what can we specifically do, tactically do to increase the reputation or not start to go the opposite direction?
12: So the first one, and this is the real kind of obvious one, is just use common sense. Don't do crazy things. That's the starting point. Because if you do something and it feels like it's kind of trying to gain the system or something like that, then it probably is and you'll probably get found out. So what
9: would be an example of that? Like a a way to... Thing, a thing not to do that would hurt your reputation? A, a
12: good one is don't don't download email addresses from the internet. That's probably the best one because some people still do that. And what, the only way that you can get ahead now with your email list is to only send emails to the people that have specifically asked you to send something to them. I'm not going to do down the people that sell email lists and things like that because sometimes there are legitimate purposes for that. But on the whole, if you haven't acquired an email address from someone who specifically said, I want you to send me email, then you're likely to suffer reputational problems because statistically if you buy a list and send emails to those people that haven't given you permission you're much more likely to get spam complaints and things like that because they just didn't want the email and the only definition of spam that matters in the eyes of the mailbox providers is whatever the recipient thinks it is So if you send something out and people think it's spam, you're going to get treated like a spammer by Google and co. So it's about only send people the things that they have asked for and meet those commitments. If you say you're going to mail someone once a week and then you suddenly start mailing them daily, you're you're not meeting your commitment and they might get upset. They might hit the spam button because pretty much everything we do, we need to make sure that we are not increasing the risks of being reported for spam by lots of people. That's kind of the the starting point. But then the other side of it as well is there's all these business out there like Spam House and CloudMark and other companies, and they operate email addresses that are called spam traps. And if you send an email to a spam trap address, then you as a sender, your details are going to get that they, they you'll appear on block lists that tell the world, do not process emails from this person because they've done something naughty. So you've got to be really squeaky clean as much as possible, and you avoid spam trap addresses by not downloading them from the, you know, don't, don't scrape addresses off the internet, that's the, pretty much the worst thing you can do. And if you do buy addresses or anything like that, you've got to be, you've got to really trust the person that's providing the data, much better to control it yourself. And then the other thing you need to do is you need to mail your audience regularly because that way you'll avoid hitting what's called a recycled spam trap and that's where supposing you know 10 years ago I had a hotmail address and I stopped using it Microsoft cancelled my account and then for the next few months if anyone tried to mail me they'd receive an error saying this mailbox doesn't exist and if you're using any kind of email marketing tool that will automatically take that address off so you can't mail it anymore but then a few months later what Microsoft would have done is they would have opened that address back up again but it was no longer being used by me it was being used by Microsoft to catch the people that weren't looking after the, the hygiene of their email list properly. So anyone who keeps sending mails out to people that no longer exist or don't want to read them. And if you send enough emails to those kind of spam trap addresses, again, you're going to end up on some kind of block list. Not as quickly as if you just download a, a scraped address, but it's still something you have to be careful of. So it's all of those sending practices what can really damage your reputation the most. And then apart from that, it is, it's, you know, it's pretty much, I guess if we summarize it, we're saying, firstly, only send to the people that have told you they want to. Secondly, manage your list carefully. And then third, meet your commitments. And those
9: are the main things that are going to preserve and hopefully improve your reputation. That's really great. Super helpful for that. Th- thank you for that. I mean, I never encourage people to get email addresses other than ways that they are providing value up front first and they know it's coming. I mean, this is by law now with a lot of different countries and with privacy laws and whatnot. I mean, you should never just scrape emails and send broadcasts. I mean, it's okay to find an individual email for an individual business and send like an individual email. But anytime you start broadcasting outward, like through these tools and stuff, you're, you're taking huge risks, absolutely huge risks. If you perhaps were practicing not so great strategy in the, in the past, maybe you did uh, get some emails that maybe you shouldn't have, but you're good now, you've... You know, you've confessed and, and you're ready to kind of get better. Is it a start over situation or can you kind of look good again in, in the eyes of the big three? Yeah.
12: The good news is this is where email is totally different from social media because, with, you know, if Facebook decides to ban you, there is no judge, there's no jury. they just, you know, they, they're just executioner and that's it. With email, even Google, if they put you in Google jail for a while, then you might have to wait a while. But as long as you clean up your act and start doing the sensible things I'm going to discuss when we get to the, the next few stages, then absolutely you can rescue that reputation. Some people have tried to just get around all of that by just switching their emails and sending them from a different domain. But here's the thing, particularly Google, but the others are, are pretty much hot on the heels. They are clever enough now to work out what you're up to because Google have invested millions in artificial intelligence and they're scanning every single email that you send. And they, I, mean, I guess a simple way of describing it is they're kind of fingerprinting everything that you do. And if you send something from one domain and then just switch to another, the chances are they're going to follow you. They'll join the dots and you might be okay on day one but by about day three then your reputation with google can be back down in the gutter again so it really is the only way you can really do this is to just like you say confess your sins clean your acts up and then you just got to be a very good boy or a very good girl for a while and just send in the way that i'm going to talk about in a bit and that will get things back it takes a bit of time but i've worked with clients where their google reputation is right on the bottom rung of the ladder and you can recover it you just have to be patient
9: yeah That's super helpful. Thank you. And before we move on to authentication, I know you also have a software company that helps with this quick plug. Where can people go to learn more real quick before we move on to the next spot?
12: So I've created a software called Deliverability Dashboard, and that looks at the way that people send their emails and gives lots of really cool reports on how you can improve the performance, improve the likelihood of getting your emails into the inbox, avoiding the spam folder. And you can sign up by going to deliverabilitydashboard.com. And it supports the majority of popular email marketing
9: platforms nice awesome thank you okay authentication what is that exactly
12: okay so If there were only two things that I was going to ask people to take away from the podcast, then this is the first one of those. And the good thing with authentication is it's normally a one-off thing. You only need to set this up once when you're just setting up your email platform. Or if you haven't done it yet, then hopefully about half an hour after you've listened to the podcast, because this is really important. Authentication is all about telling the world that you are sending legitimate emails. And this is the one thing you can do that sets you apart from the spammers. The spammers who are trying to send emails from whoever that they're pretending to be someone else. They can't control authentication. But you, as a legitimate sender of email, you've got control over your domain. You know, my domain I've got at deliverabilitydashboard.com and I can publish information on my domain that says here are the platforms that I trust to send emails on my behalf and here is a special public key that I'm going to share that allows my email platforms to digitally sign every single email that I send out and those two things together then that's telling the Googles and Microsofts of this world that that email that's come out with my name and my email address on it really did come from me because let's face it you could actually send an email from a White House email address if you wanted using any email marketing platform because you Choose what email address you put in, what email address you're sending from, but you can't authenticate an address that you don't own. So what we have to do is, there's. I'm going to mention a couple of little acronyms now. So this is the only geeky part of the of the discussion. hopefully
9: I like acronyms, so it's all good.
12: So the first one this is the really important one is DKIM. Stands for Domain Keys Identified Mail, and this is how you get your email platform to digitally sign every single email that you send, and. Depending on which email platform you use, there'll be a different thing to look for. It might be email authentication. It might be DKIM. You need to be careful because some platforms tell you that they're handling authentication for you. That isn't strictly true. What they're actually doing is they're authenticating their side of the sending process. Because when you use any kind of email marketing platform, they put their information on. And then on top of that, you put your email address as well. So if they're handling authentication, they're only handling their bit. And it means that unless you've set it up yourself at one point, you're going to be sending out emails that are not signed by you. So make sure you find that um, email authentication, DKIM, whatever it is, um, and make sure that you set that up. If you need help, then find someone who can help you do it because it is probably the most important thing that you can do as a one-off that will make the difference between hitting the spam folder, hitting the inbox. That's the bit that you do in your email platform. And then the second side of this then, so we talked about signing the emails. Now we're gonna tell the world which platforms we trust to send our emails out. Because you know, my, my example, I use G Suite to send my personal emails, I use Keep to send my automated marketing emails, and then I use Teamwork Desk to send my help desk emails out. So those are the three email platforms that I use. And this is where SPF comes into play, which stands for Sender Policy Framework. And what that does is, again, it's a one-off thing where we're just publishing in our domain. We're saying we trust these platforms to send emails on our behalf. So then if an email from my address comes from some other platform that I haven't told the world that I trust. It gets treated with a bit more suspicion. And again, this is a one-off thing. With with SPF, you don't need to do anything on your email platform. It literally is as simple as publishing something inside your domain records. And once that's done, then you're then telling the world. Really, really important. If you do those two things, then that's going to make the biggest difference as to whether or not you're landing the spam folder or the inbox. So very important.
9: A little bit technical. Where should people go to learn how to do that? I would imagine that, you know, at least for the first one for DKIM or email authentication through your service provider, you know, checking out the help desk there or reaching out to live chat there would make sense. What about for SPF? Where would one go to, to just figure that out?
12: SPF is difficult because you have to put multiple bits. It's like putting together a little jigsaw because you need to work out what the right little bit of code is for each platform you're using. And the biggest mistake people make sometimes is they publish more than one record. You can only have one SPF record and it must list all the platforms that you use. What I would tend to say with that there are guides that you can google for it the thing with spf in particular is if you make a mistake with that you might actually increase the chances of going to spam so if you're not 100 percent sure then i'd say it's always worth you know that's one place where i'd say maybe get professional help and find someone who specializes in that and the little kind of tip there is in most cases, nine times out of 10, don't ask your web guy or your web your web person to do it because those are the ones that I've often come across that have been slightly messed up. So it's worth finding someone who specializes on the email front. I can always... Recommend people who can do that. It's something I used to do, but it's you know, there's the, I, I'm focusing a lot more now on the strategic side of things. But I can always recommend ways of doing that if if needed. But you've got to be a little bit careful.
9: Where can people connect with you, like on social media, in case they're curious?
12: The best thing on social media is Facebook.com/slash Adrian Savage. Can follow me on there. I'm almost at my friend limit, but I'm still accepting friends. And if not, follow me, send me a PM, whatever. And then there's also a deliverability dashboard Facebook group as well, where I hang out and I can answer questions in there as well.
9: Okay. You know, I would imagine there are perhaps some YouTube videos. You might have to find them um, and probably places like Upwork might have availability for people who specialize in this. There's, there's a lot of places, but we won't get into any more of the technical stuff because right now we're going to go into content and content, I think, is the thing that we're most familiar with when it comes to email because it's what we see. It's what we put out there into the world. But what about our content? determines whether or not we have high deliverability rates or lower deliverability rates.
12: If we had about three hours spare, maybe we could cover about 10% of this. There is just so much on on content. You know, this is where the world has evolved so much because if we wind the clock back five years, it was really easy. It was like you said, avoid the swear words, don't mention Viagra, don't mention free. You know, there's, all these, you know, there's there was a list of 250 spammy words that in theory, if you avoided those words, you'd land in the inbox. Now, it was never quite that simple. The <laughs> But the, the challenge we 've got now is the spam filters have really really evolved since then so there's a lot more to it you know I already mentioned about how Google and Cove invested in all this artificial intelligence and this is what makes it so interesting now because you just can't really second guess what they're doing and this is probably the best example of where gaming the system doesn't work anymore in the good old days people would change the word free and put fr period period ee and try and mask the words that they thought were landing them in the spam folder and if 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 you do that now, then that's just a one-way ticket to the spam folder because Google is smart enough to realize that you're not only using a word that they might not like, and actually free isn't a bad word. I'm just using that as an example now. But they're also realizing that you're trying to be a little bit too clever, and they don't like people trying to be more clever than they are. So, you know, with the content, it really does – it's a lot more around just being a lot more authentic. There's four things that I talk about with content. And I I don't think there's many people in America called Wilf, but Wilf is an old English name that I, I don't know where I came across it. But in this case, it stands for four things. It's words, it's images, it's links and frequency. And the words are what we've started talking about already. And really, it's about don't overthink this stuff. If you're going to send emails out, send them the way that you talk to someone. You know, don't try and work out how people want to hear from you. Just be you. Have a conversation with people. Make it sound personal. Make it sound like they're actually make sure you're having a one on one conversation with them. If you send an email to someone and it's kind of, you know, it's it's not going to be a formal email. It's going to be kind of more, you know, I think in most cases now, if we're sending emails to our audience, we're being reasonably informal. So make sure that you're talking to someone the way that you'd be having a conversation with them. sure you're sharing things make it about you and just the more the email that you send looks like it's been sent from your outlook or your gmail or your phone or whatever and the more it sounds authentic the more likely it's going to land in the inbox because it's about what you've got to share. That really, really matters. No, don't send a whole great big sales page in an email because that's not how it works anymore. It's all about, if you're trying to put lots of, you know, changing the color and the font size and things like that, and before you know it, then the email looks like it'd be more at home on Times Square or Vegas or something like that. Then, you know, the, the, the interesting thing, I'll talk about images in a second, but in general, the plainer the email looks and the more it looks like a personal email the more likely it is to land in the inbox. And in most cases, the shorter, the better. Don't cut it down at the expense of not getting your message across, but don't waffle unnecessarily because also, let's face it, people's attention spans are dropping anyway. So the the briefer you can get your message, the better. But again, with anything to do with content, I often get asked, you know, should I do this or should I do that? And the thing that I'll stress is there's no actual hard and fast rules, because you don't want to follow a rule at the expense of spoiling your message. That's the thing to remember the most. Yes, the images and links I'll talk about in a second, they matter. But if you can't get your message across without having a certain number of images or certain number of links, then don't try and kind of squeeze a square peg into a round hole still do it the way you need to just be aware that maybe it might impact things a little bit but people get paranoid about this stuff and we don't want to put a load of rules around that that are going to that are going to hold everybody back this is about just understanding if you can tweak it then great if not then don't sweat it i think that's the important thing because we never know exactly what microsoft and google are looking for with the words so sometimes the only way you can be sure is actually send a few test emails out and see what happens the only caveat that i'll mention though is because this is a big way that email has evolved is that no two people ever get the same email experience anymore if i send you an email and it lands in your spam folder there's nothing to say it's going to land in someone else's because it landed in your spam folder not just because of reputation but also because of the way that you have interacted with that person in the past so you know if you're on my mailing list and you're a busy guy and you can't open my emails then after a while your mailbox provider will realize that you haven't been reading my emails and it will probably start putting them into spam and that's not because there's anything wrong with the emails necessarily it's just because you weren't engaging so that that means that You can't learn too much from the email test that you send because just because it does go into spam, it may be okay for everybody else still. So sometimes all you can do is send your emails out, see what happens, and and kind of look at the big picture over a few days, a few weeks, a few months, or whatever. The thing with content is the only way you can be sure is to actually experiment, try things out, see what happens, but don't compare yourself with other people Only compare yourself with what you did last week or or whatever.
9: Thank you. uh, Let's quickly cover images and links. Something that, I mean, this is probably the the most questions I get about, should I include images or should I not include images? And like you said, I think you already provided a great answer for that. There's no set rule, but... I'm sure like if I bombarded my email with 50 images, it wouldn't come across well versus one or maybe none.
12: But the thing, again, to bear in mind is every now and then something come along that completely goes against that. Who doesn't get emails from Amazon in their inbox? And that's always got images, links, the whole the whole nine yards. Again, there's no hard and fast rules. But the testing that I've done, the testing that lots of other people have done is very clear that the more images you 've got in an email the more likely you 're going to go into the junk folder and the more links you 've got in an email the more likely you are as well i 've fallen out with a lot of graphic designers when I say this next bit because one of the most quickest ways that an email will, will be viewed as a promotion by Google is if it has one of these graphical banners at the top of the email because Let's face it, if you're sending an email to your Auntie Susan, it's not gonna have a great big banner at the top of the email in most cases. And as soon as you do anything like that, it looks like a promotional mail. And if it looks like a promotional mail, they'll treat it like that. So don't do that, start it off, cut to the chase, you know, dear Pat, hey Pat, whatever. Then share your message. If you need images in the middle of the email to reinforce or illustrate things, that's absolutely cool but only put them in if they're gonna actually add value. Don't do it for the sake of it. Minimize the number of images. If you can manage three or fewer, perfect. And the same with links. The more links you've got, the more likely it looks like a promotion. And probably the biggest mistake I see people make is they put lots of little icons of all their little social media links at the bottom of their email and signature. Before you know it, you've got Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, five images, five links, and suddenly you're in the promotions tab. I mean, and let's face it, if you're sending an email out and you've got some kind of call to action saying, click here to read my blog or whatever, do you really want people going through to your social media and getting distracted from the message in your email? No, if you want to promote your social media, You do that in a separate email, stick to the primary subject and your email signature, just the minimal information, maybe how to contact you if that's appropriate. But the fewer images, the fewer links, the better. And also be careful, don't ever mention domains or put links into websites that you don't control. Because if let's supposing, YouTube is a perfect example, they often end up on a block list because, not because YouTube is bad, but because people share links to YouTube videos, people don't like them they hit the spam button and suddenly for a few days youtube it's listed on the block lists so you have to be very careful because you you can't be certain when you're linking somewhere whether it's got a good domain reputation or not so much better to only link to content that you're in control of because the chances of your own website getting block listed are fairly low as long as you're doing all the sensible things so the the actual links themselves really matter that's probably enough on on um images and links i think
9: yeah, I think you've definitely crushed a lot of myths for us there. And I see it too all the time, all the social media links. And that makes sense. Like why, if a person wanted to follow you on social media, they'd be able to get you. I've never clicked on one of those beneath somebody's name and a signature. That's that's the truth.
12: Very last thing, very quickly with content then is the F in Wilf, which is frequency. And the simple thing is, the more frequently you send emails to the people that want to receive them, the better you're going to do. In the good old days, you could send an email newsletter out once a month and that would be sufficient. But these days, the mailbox providers are looking for consistency and they're looking for engagement, which we'll talk about in a second. And the more frequently you send emails to the people that are reading them, the better it's going to look for your engagement. And also looking statistically for a second, if you're sending out an email three times a week, then you're a lot more likely to reach more of your audience quickly than if you're sending one email a month. In the month of February this year, I sent out an email every single day to my audience. And by the end of February, 75% of my audience had opened one or more of those emails. If I'd been sending out one email a month, it would have taken me probably 15 to 16 months to reach the same number of people, by which time half of them would have probably lost interest and gone away anyway. So maybe I'm not saying send an email out every single day. um, If you can, then great if you've got enough to talk about. But the more frequently you can share some really cool value, the more people are going to love you. And more importantly, the more the mailbox providers will love you as well.
9: That's what we want to happen. Now, uh, to finish off, you'd mentioned engagement. What does that mean in the world of email specifically? And how do we help ourselves in that realm?
12: I said there were two things to take away from the podcast. We've talked about authentication. This is the other biggie. Engagement is the one biggest thing. And while authentication is something that you just set up once and pretty much forget about it, engagement is the bit where if you're not working like this already, you need to change the way you think, you need to change the way that you act. Because everything that you do depends on engagement. And by engagement, we're talking about are people reading your emails? Are they opening them? Are they clicking the links? Are they actually reading them properly, or are they just kind of deleting it without reading? And you know, the worst thing you can do, the, the worst sign of of disengagement, is if you send something out, it lands in the spam folder, and no one rescues it. So, bearing in mind that if someone signs up to your email list for the first time, then that's the only chance you've got sometimes to get them to rescue you from the spam. Because if they don't rescue that first email, the rest of them are probably gonna go there forevermore. So when someone signs up for your email list, Normally, you'll have some kind of page saying, hey, thanks for signing up. Make sure you make it very clear on there that they need to go and check the spam folder and they need to rescue that email because if they don't do that, then you will probably never get to them in the future. So that's the one most important thing. And then what we've got to do then is we've just got to do everything we can to maximize the number of people engaging. Because let's talk about open rates for a second because we are not mentioned that yet. A lot of people ask me, what is a good open rate? And the thing is, there's not actually a good answer to that question because there's just so many variables. And the what I will say, kind of as a joke, but it's not really, is I can double anyone's open rate in seconds. And the way I'm going to do it is, I'll just go and look at their email database. We'll find the half of their email list that haven't opened anything for the longest. We'll stop mailing them. We will only focus on the other half. So let's say you're sending out ten thousand emails and 1,500 people open them, that's a 15% open rate. We then send to the 5,000 people that have opened most recently, the same 1,500 open, and that's a 30% open rate. I've just doubled your open rate, just like that. Now, it doesn't change the number of people seeing your emails, but what it does do is it tells Google and Microsoft and Yahoo and everyone else that what you're sending out is of greater interest. The higher they see that open rate, the more likely they are to increase your domain reputation. The better your reputation, guess what? The next email you send is more likely to land in the inbox. And if you're paying, this is going back to what we said about Facebook ads and things like that, if you're paying for leads and then you haven't got a good reputation, then as much as half of those leads that you're paying for are not gonna see your emails because they're going into spam. So if you're managing your engagement and only sending emails to the people that have opened something recently, that is the one biggest thing you can do that increases your open rate. As time goes on then, as well as the percentage going up, the number of people seeing the emails goes up as well. And this is what I call the virtuous circle. It's just a you know a, a continuous thing going around where it's just always getting better. But it does take a little bit of a shift in mindset because lots of people say to me, hey, but if I mail this guy that didn't open anything for six months, maybe he'll still buy from me. And the thing is, yes, he might. But if you're mailing the people that engaged recently, and then you start also mailing the people that haven't opened anything for ages, what you'll see is that the chances of the engaged guys seeing your emails is about 10% lower, maybe more than that, than if you than if you were just mailing the engaged guys separately. So what that means is every time you mail all the people that haven't opened anything for months and months, the chances are that the other people won't be seeing your emails. So yes, you might get a couple of percent extra people by mailing everybody, but you're probably losing 10% on the other side of it. So it really is a tough thing that you've got to you know. Um, I'll make no apology. I'm going to get my reference, the Disney Frozen movie in there. You've got to let it go. You've got to stop mailing those people because it's going to hurt you more than it helps you. And there is always that bit of fear of loss, but You know, I've got the numbers, I've got the stats. I haven't worked with a single client where we've done this, where they haven't had better performance. It just takes a little bit of time and you do have to have, it's a bit of a leap of faith.
9: Yeah, it sounds like it. And it almost leads me to believe that continual purging of your email to remove those perhaps who haven't engaged with you in a while is a very smart thing to do. Absolutely. How often should we be doing that?
12: If you're doing it manually, then minimum of once a month. You know, this is this is the main focus of what Deliverability Dashboard does. It tells you how well you're managing your engagement. There's a, there's a free email health score that anyone can use that says, you got a score where zero is terrible and hundred is great. And, and it will tell you how to improve that score. And the, there's no, it's no secret that the way to improve that health score is just to improve the way you manage your engagement. Stop mailing the people that have, that have engaged too long ago focus on the other people and there's an extension to deliverability dashboard that actually automates that process so if you can do it every single day then great the best practice i'd recommend is if someone gets a 30 days and they haven't opened anything from you in that time send them a little tickle email saying hey are you still there if they get to 90 days you want to send them a few more emails this it's called a re-engagement sequence The first email will be say, hey, are you still there? The second one, maybe some other kind of way of getting them to to respond somehow. And then that third email is, sounds like it's going to be goodbye then. I'm going to unsubscribe you if you don't respond to this email. And you can automate that whole process because once you get to 90 days, you don't want to be mailing those people anymore. Maybe if they're a past customer, you might hang on to them. But there's very few exceptions because if someone hasn't opened anything in three months then they're very unlikely to come back after that.
9: Yeah, And the fact that if you do email them amongst everybody else who have just recently signed in, chances are those new people aren't going to see your email as often as they would have if you're like you were saying earlier. Wow, that's a big, it's a big eye opener.
12: It is. It makes a huge difference. And you know, as, as I said, I can't think of a single example where someone has better managed their engagement where they had poorer results. Takes a little bit for everything to catch up sometimes but it is totally worth it every single time.
9: Wow. Adrian, thank you. This has been incredible. A lot of super actionable stuff and stuff that we can definitely think more about with relation to our email that we often don't get to talk about or hear about at all. So I I appreciate that so much. Where can people go to... Uh, get more information from you. I think you also said in the beginning or at least before we hit record that you might have something also for those who are just starting out who might not be able to connect everything together more technically. Um, give us give us all the things.
12: Yeah. So the best thing, everything I've talked about today about reputation, authentication, content engagement, I've got a simple checklist that you can download, a PDF file that takes you through the, the important things you really need to know. And you can get a copy of that totally free at deliverabilitydashboard.com slash checklist. Download that that will have all the information you need. And then if you are using a platform that works with the health Check, it'll explain how you can do that. And that gives you a bit more of a kind of practical measurement of how well you're doing already. But it's like you said, if people are just getting started, The best time to start managing your engagement was yesterday. If you're getting started right now, then cool. If you haven't done it yet, now's the time to do it because it makes such a difference. There's a lot to take in in one go. But if you focus on those two things, just set up your authentication and then just focus on sending emails to people that want to receive them and have opened recently. And that's the the two biggest ways you can make the biggest impact.
9: Adrian, this has been super helpful. Thank you so much. dashboard.com is where you need to go or dashboard.com slash checklist for that checklist. Adrian, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming in and providing so much value today. Pleasure, thanks, Pat. All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Adrian Savage, and he is savage for sure, for just making it rain today with so much knowledge. Thank you so much, Adrian. I appreciate you. And if you wanna get that checklist again to just help you get started, deliverabilitydashboard.com slash checklist. That's it. Deliverabilitydashboard.com slash checklist. Check it out. And Adrian, thank you so much for coming on and dropping so much knowledge for myself and my team, and that includes everybody here in the audience. So thank you. For those of you listening, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you think, and let me know when you implement this stuff, and when it starts working for you, I wanna hear about it, right? At Pat Flynn on Instagram or at Pat Flynn on Twitter. When you implement one or two of these things and they start working for you, let me know because I want validation that this stuff actually works for you as much as it's working for us. deliverability slash checklist, and of course, all the links, all the things mentioned in this episode, the show notes, are available at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 498. Again, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 498. Thanks again. I appreciate you, and make sure you subscribe, because we got some fire episodes coming your way, so you don't want to miss it. Hit subscribe. Thanks so much. Peace out. Take care, and as always, Team Flynn for the win. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income podcast at smartpassiveincome.com. I'm your host, Pat Flynn. Our senior producer is Sarah Jane Hess. Our series producer is David Grabowski. And our executive producer is Matt Gartland. The Smart Passive Income podcast is a production of SPI Media. We'll catch you in the next session.
10: Download our app in iTunes and the Google
3: Play Store.
10: Poppy Kirchable continues his vacation. I'm Dave Wilson filling in. We've got a lot to cover. Now, only two hours to do it, so let's get this show started. Metro News Talk Line is underway.
3: Do not we
6: this program emergency Repeat, this is emergency bulletin. Keep your radio turned on. Holy it's smoke. From the studios of the West Virginia Radio Corporation and the Metro News Radio Network, the voice of West Virginia, comes the most powerful radio show in West Virginia. This, this is Metro News Talk Live with, with Hoppy, Hoppy Kirchable. Check set light up. Activate a activated telephone. telephone. Switch, Switch network, network control, control, control from Charleston to, to, to Morgantown. Stand, stand by. Cue Hoppy. You're on.
2: Metro News Talk Line with Hoppy Kerchival is brought to you by Encoga Insurance. Encircling you with coverage to protect what you care about most. Visit NCOGA.com to learn more. Good morning. Welcome
10: into the program. Metro News Talk Line. I'm Dave Wilson filling in for Hoppy. He's back on Monday. Taylor Kennedy running the video today. Daniel Woods on the phones. 800-765-TALK is the phone number. 304-TALK. Three zero four is the text line coming up this morning. Secretary of State Mac Warner stops by. We'll talk to the coronavirus czar, Clay Marsh, Doctor Clay Marsh, at eleven zero six. Plus, we'll check in with Fox News Radio. Get an update on the January sixth committee, which held hearings yesterday. Plus, vaccinations—can they be mandated? We'll get into that subject as well. Yes, yes, we'll get into the CDC's updated guidelines yesterday. And, okay, I'm willing to have the conversation because I think it's a conversation worth having, and I understand the frustrations out there. I, too, can get frustrated from time to time, especially when I don't understand what the expectations are. But let's keep the conversation on this side of crazy. That's all I ask. We'll have the conversation because I'm... Always curious to know and understand more about where you're coming from. I get to tell you where I'm coming from all the time, all day. But I'm always curious to hear your side as well. But let's let's just keep it this side of crazy. That's all I ask. So we'll get into that as the show unfolds today. I'm not going to put up a Twitter poll today about whether you will wear the mask or not because that proves nothing. <laughs> I don't think that gets anything done. Let's just have a conversation. Speaking of staying just this side of crazy, Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney leads off with us today on TalkLine. Morning, Brad. Good morning, Dave. Always keeping the conversation just this side of crazy, right?
13: (laughs) That's what we do here. (laughs) Well, most of the
10: time anyway. Most Uh, of the time.
13: Brad, yesterday. I can't can't vouch for steam release. That's out of my hands.
10: (laughs) Friday, eleven thirty-three. Shameless plug. Uh, Governor Justice held his uh, regularly scheduled coronavirus briefing yesterday. Uh, of course, that always meanders into a couple of different areas, so we'll go into a couple of different areas today. But let's start with the subject at hand: COVID and uh, the coronavirus response. What was the governor's message during his briefing yesterday?
13: Yeah. So he was asked a couple times about the, what, at the moment, were the impending CDC adjustments to the recommendations, and, and of course those came to be true later. But you know, kind of want to tell you, he reacted because it was fresh, and so you know there was a little bit of, of a fluid nature of what he was saying. Uh, but you know, I, I don't think you're going to have this governor ha- institute a mass mandate or uh you know certainly not a lockdown again anytime soon uh the governor did agree that the delta variant is is becoming concerning those numbers have gone up in West Virginia uh and and you know one area where governor justice is in line with the CDC is agreement that that any West Virginian who hasn't been vaccinated he says it would be Extremely in their interest to do so, uh no moment is too soon at this point because uh, you know al- although it's clear that the the that the delta variant and covid nineteen can affect those who are already vaccinated uh you could get it w- to so your benefit is the effects are going to be minimized. Uh, You're less likely to wind up in the hospital, certainly less likely to die uh, if you are vaccinated. But all bets are off if you are not vaccinated. And that's the point the governor is making sometimes in stark terms. Uh, He he said uh, in, in only his way, he said there's an indicator that will really move the needle on people getting vaccinated. He said the indicator is really simple if people start dropping like flies and you start seeing body bag after body bag, you can bet your boots, people will run to get vaccinated. Uh, you know, and that's a sign that he's kind of at at wit's end. He's out again today, uh, giving prizes to people who have been vaccinated, but that doesn't seem to be moving the needle with people who have not. Uh, and then, you know, when he talks this way in the starkest of terms, uh, it seems like what you get is pushback rather than people saying, Oh, he's right. Uh, better go get that vaccination. So, Uh, I'm not sure there's much more that that he can do except for to consistently say vaccination is in your interest. Um,
10: I I think you're entirely on point there, Brad, because he's been the cheerleader, uh, sometimes to the point of um, uh, looking a little folksy. But look, he's been West Virginia's biggest cheerleader. He's been optimistic. He's been positive. Uh, He's Basically tried to bribe you into getting the vaccine with the the do it for baby dog sweepstakes. Uh, tried to incentivize it. I, I guess all that's left and and I is to go. Well, here's the stark reality of if you if you don't, this is a very real possibility here, and maybe that moves the needle. I don't think it will because I I think Brad for the most part. Uh, The people who want it have gotten it. The people who don't want it aren't going to get it unless they have some very direct uh, personal experience that changes their mind. I I just don't know uh, that anything else is going to change someone's mind who's entrenched right now.
13: Yeah, the only thing I can think of is the start of school in a few weeks, and that Mm -hmm. may get some people who are – persuadable who are who are not just dead set against it because boy i mean the last thing any of us want right is to mess up the school year this year um to to cause cancellations or or to have uh, school declared from home for a while uh, i mean everybody's looking forward to high school football other high school sports uh, activities related to that the band Uh, boy you don't want to have a few weeks of your season canceled because half the team tests positive uh, you know, and I, it seems like that incentive should apply to the entire household. Uh, you know, I've been thinking about that. So my family's vaccinated, right? Yep. But but I don't want to get even a low-level COVID case in the household and mess up the start of the school year. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's certainly a time to be careful and, and take any precaution that you can.
10: That was the intent of the uh, news conference. You had to go and mess that up. Uh, as you brought up the governor's uh, finances again. What,
13: Speaking of screwing things up. Yeah, I
10: can't believe you. Uh, what did you ask the governor, and what was his response?
13: Well, you know, a little bit of context. I was, I was the very last question in the news conference, and much of the coronavirus issues had been covered. Uh, and there are other things going on. So on Sunday, Metro News reported that some of the justice entities, uh, in particular, The the Greenbrier Hotel Corporation, the the, the corporation that oversees the Greenbrier Resort, had been hit in recent months with uh, multiple liens from the federal government, from the IRS. And, And the ones against the Greenbrier Hotel Corporation and the Greenbrier Clinic Related to employment taxes, essentially collecting payroll taxes, and the accusation from the federal government is then not passing them on. Uh, and these date back a few years now, 2018. So we reported that based on the filings uh, and, and with the context of everything else that's going on with uh, the governor's businesses. Uh, you know, and it, it's in the public realm, uh, the governor is a public figure. People in West Virginia, I think, feel like they have uh, pride in and and loyalty to and, and sort of ownership in the broad sense of the Greenbrier. Uh, plus, you know, these are public filings by the IRS, a pretty serious matter. So I asked about it. Uh, I said, you know, and part of my question, which I thought was pretty straightforward, was can you provide an explanation? And I thought there might be one. I thought – you know I wanted to give the governor a chance to say, "Well, that was the bookkeeping error, and we're working it out, or to say, my, you know we we blew it, but we're making good on it we We've written the check, the check is in the mail. That's something that I wouldn't have known, and I wanted to to give him a chance to publicly say, here here are some things that you don't know that that may persuade you that that you know we're working on it." Well, that wasn't where he went, unfortunately. Um, he, he essentially said that this is not the public's business, uh, and the the lead quote is, "I'm super respectful and try to answer any question. I've told everyone that if you'll tend to the business of the state of West Virginia as I'm tending to the state, to the business of the state, and you'll just stay out of my family's personal stuff." you'll find the final outcomes to be exactly what I've told you they'll be. Uh, They'll be worked out. So no no specifics about the liens or the reasons behind the liens. Um, I would agree with him that, that, you know, things could we need to watch what the final resolution is, but in the meantime uh, he's saying that we should not be asking questions about uh, the financial difficulties faced by his family businesses.
10: Brad, Giving the governor the benefit of the doubt for a moment, how involved is he and has he been with these businesses? I mean, he's been office, you know, he's in his second term here. So how involved has he been? And could he even offer up an explanation? Or is this a situation where he's finding out and going, now he has to go back to the people who are running these businesses and go, what exactly is going on here, folks? I mean, do do we know what the situation is there?
13: Well... I mean, not, not not entirely. When the governor speaks of it publicly, he, he says that he has turned over the running of the Greenbrier to his daughter, Jill, and the running of the coal operations to his son, Jay. Uh, it's clear from the court record, uh, you know, a, another issue of the governor's finances is he he and his – Companies have lawsuits against their major lenders, uh, Greensill Capital and Carter Bank and Trust of Virginia. And the lawsuit against Carter Bank and Trust specifically alludes to meetings that Jim Justice was in uh, to try to deal with, uh, with, with. Sorry, it, it's actually the Greensill lawsuit that makes makes references to meetings, but. Um, but, but you know, trying to get a handle on this, trying to figure out, well, where do things stand? Uh, Greensill was clearly uh, collapsing, and uh, the governor became involved in some Saturday meetings, according to the court record, in White Sulphur Springs about uh, what to do and where things stood. So he he obviously is somewhat involved, don't know to what degree. Uh, his management style with, with government largely has been sort of, uh, you know the 30,000 foot view. I've got the big ideas. It's up to other people to make them work. So that could be happening uh, with with the privately held companies too. Uh, but you know, if if I were if I were collecting on the debt, uh, you would think that that one of the messages you would send to the top dog is, boy, you, you better get your arms around this. You better be involved.
10: And, and here's the other point on the other side of that, Brad. I'll make you're the governor of the state of West Virginia. Uh, one issue is is an outlier, but there is a pattern here, and I believe that is certainly in in the public's interest, especially if you're talking about your business not uh, paying the the taxes you're supposed to. You're withholding the taxes, but you're not passing them on to the local governments or the governments that are supposed to get them. I think that's certainly in the public's interest and the public's business.
13: Well, in in one sense, the governor is – has authority over the state tax department, the state tax department, not the federal. But uh, that, that's one area in which you would think, well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's reasonable to ask you about it. Uh, the other is that, that the U.S. Department th- – this currently is a civil matter, the lien issue, but it, it represents a claim that, that the justice businesses collected payroll taxes and did not pass them on to the federal government. Sometimes the U.S. Department of Justice gets involved in these matters. And and here's what U.S. DOJ says on its website. When employers willfully fail to collect, account for, and deposit with the IRS employment tax due, they are stealing from their employees and ultimately the United States Treasury. So the IRS and U.S. DOJ certainly consider a serious matter, and in the sense that all of us are taxpayers, uh, it's our business.
10: Uh, you can read his work over at the website. Buddy, thank you very much. Thanks, Dave. Talk line continues in a moment.
1: Few things impact a community more than clean water, safe roads, and accessible internet. But here in West Virginia, we often struggle to get the attention that's needed to make these life-changing improvements. That's where the Thrasher Group comes in, a full-service architecture and engineering firm. The Thrasher Group is here when you plan, design, and execute projects that move our communities forward. A partner to West Virginia's municipalities for nearly 40 years, they're here for you. When you need infrastructure problems solved, Thrasher's got it. Find out
10: more at the Thrasher group.com DataRobot, a leader in American artificial intelligence, has opened an office in Morgantown, West Virginia, and is now hiring for software engineering, professional services, and customer support. Artificial intelligence will power tomorrow's economy, and together, West Virginians and DataRobot will lead the way. Learn more at solvebigproblems.com. The Data Robot Artificial Intelligence Platform combines human intelligence and machine learning to solve big problems. Help forge a new trail for West Virginia's future. Apply today at solvebigproblems.com.
14: This is Talkline on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
2: This morning, the biggest stories from around the state of West Virginia when you want them. Chris Lawrence at the anchor desk. We are ready to get your day started with the information you need in West Virginia. Carrie Hudasek brings you the day's headlines.
15: A banking company is claiming more than $58 million from Governor Jim Justice and First Lady Kathy Justice based on guarantees they signed. Carter Bank and Trust has filed claims over those millions of dollars based on recent defaults of the Greenbrier Sporting Club and Oakhurst Club. This is the latest in the legal back and forth between the the Justice businesses and their longtime bank.
1: Kyle Wiggs at the sports desk. Best Virginia played very well, got into the Elam ending. First point was a free throw. Then Kevin Jones scored off the baseline, Tariq Phillips and Nathan Adrian would hit back-to-back threes to get Best Virginia to the targeted score. So Best Virginia will play Team 23 Wednesday night in Charleston in that regional
2: championship. And Hoppy Kerchival's daily commentary. Metro News This Morning. Listen where you get your favorite podcasts and online at WVMetroNews.com. Hey
16: there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
11: Your source for news in the Mountain State is Metro News. Weekday mornings, start your day with the morning news. Three hours of the biggest stories across West Virginia, along with sports, weather, and more. Stay updated throughout the day with reports at half past each hour. And find all the info you need on your schedule at wvmetronews.com. The news you want from the name you trust. Metro News for 36 years. The voice of West Virginia.
2: Metro News Talk Line with Hoppy Kirchible is brought to you by Encova Insurance, encircling you with coverage to protect what you care about most. Visit Encova.com to learn more.
10: 800-765-TALK is the phone number. 800-765-8255. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. Coming up, bottom of the hour, we're going to talk Secretary of State Mack Warner. President Biden is expected to announce tomorrow that federal employees will be required to be vaccinated, or else they must abide by stringent COVID-19 protocols, like mandatory mask wearing. Uh, this would come in, this coming out a day after the Veterans Affairs Department moved to require all of its health workers get a COVID-19 vaccine. With hours of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention citing new science on transmissibility of the Delta variant and reversed its mask guidance. Uh, with 2.1 million workers, the federal government is the nation's largest employer and would be the largest vaccine mandate by a single employer. Uh, the rest of the article here from ABC goes on to talk about the CDC's uh, reversal of the guidelines. i going to talk to state coronavirus, our Dr. Clay Marsh, coming up at 11.06. We'll get the latest on these Guidelines, the latest efforts for vaccinations, but and and have him help break down the, the quote unquote new science. Um, it's something I struggle to understand. There's a lot of data out there. Finding the data, digesting the data. It's it's complicated. It's complicated. I think it's complicated. Trying to make sense of all of it and sift out the plethora. Of M.D.s and Ph.D.s living on Facebook and Twitter also can become a challenge. Are these vaccine mandates legal? Fox News uh, Fox News Radio's Rachel Sutherland joins us. Rachel, good morning. Uh, can the federal government or any other employer mandate a vaccine?
5: Well, and this comes as the president could announce as soon as tomorrow that all federal government employees would be required to get vaccinated or face regular testing there's more than 2 million uh, federal workers and there is an opinion out from the justice department office of legal counsel saying that it is not illegal uh, for uh, employers whether they are public or private to require vaccinations obviously as you know this is a real hot button issue Um, a lot of questions raised about this what if someone already has antibodies uh, to uh, the coronavirus um, could the FDA uh, final approval process be set up? Um, will this apply to government contractors as well? And so, but as far as this is just a legal opinion coming from the Justice Department that informs the White House of, of legal uh, thoughts and, and, and opinions, uh, but I would imagine this would be subject to losses uh, from people who are saying, look, I mean, I, I maybe have a health condition or a religious exemption or something like that uh so really uh this opinion it's it's just that it's an opinion that really helped the white house develop its next steps when it comes to its vaccination program
10: got about 90 seconds here rachel but this an employer requiring a vaccination that's that's not unusual it's been done for years in, in the flu shot uh would be i hate to bring up flu but th- that's an example where if you work in a hospital they're going to require you get a flu shot
5: right and When it comes to hospitals it for a lot of folks it makes more sense um in and i've and I've worked in corporate uh, arenas marinas for a long time, and flu shots are offered at my place of employment usually, but no one's making me do it um some years I get it some day years you know maybe I'm not feeling up for it that day i have you know have run into fever or cold and i don't I don't get it so it, it's uh it's something that I think this is just the beginning of a broader discussion about this. So uh, stay tuned for this announcement expected tomorrow.
10: Uh, I think you are uh, exactly right. Lawsuits will be coming down the pike shortly. Uh, probably not in the too, not-too-distant future either.
5: Right. Yeah, I would
10: imagine so. Fox News Radio's Rachel Sutherland. Rachel, thanks for the update. I appreciate it. 800 talks the phone number. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. Uh, let me check the text. Dave? If public schools have a mask mandate, I'll be sending my kids to a private school where freedom matters using the school choice funds now available and Tim Tebow for sports. Three oh four talk three oh four. Dave, time to call a spade a spade. Tell them what they are tell them they are darned idiots that are jeopardizing the health and welfare of the rest of the population. 304-TALK-304. 304 304. Uh, I'll get back to that text. That's talking about the January 6th committee. Uh, we will touch on that. We'll get back to it. Dave, why can't the government stay out of my health care? All right, coming up, I'm going to talk to Secretary of State Mac Warner. He just finished up meeting with all 55 county clerks this week in Bridgeport. We'll talk to him. And uh, later on, we will visit with state coronavirus R, Dr. Clay Marsh, plus get an update on the closing arguments taking place this morning at a federal courthouse in Charleston, in that landmark opioid case. That's all straight ahead. Dave Wilson filling in for Hoppy Kerchival on Metro News Talk Line on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. It is 10:30, and time to get a news update. Let's check in with the Metro News anchor desk, find out what's happening all across the great state of West Virginia. <music>
15: WEST VIRGINIA METRO NEWS, I'M KERRY Hudasek. GOVERNOR JIM JUSTICE SAYS HE HAS NO PLANS TO REISSUE A STATEWIDE MASK MANDATE GIVEN THE LATEST CDC GUIDANCE, BUT HE SAYS RESIDENTS SHOULD REMAIN VIGILANT AS DELTA VARIANT CASES RISE.
17: I HAVE NOT HAD A RECOMMENDATION WHATSOEVER FROM ANY OF THE MEDICAL TEAM AND EVERYTHING, BUT I WILL CONTINUE TO LISTEN AND I WILL ABSOLUTELY ACT ON, YOU KNOW, THE ADVICE OF EXPERTS AND EVERYTHING. But I'll also have my opinions.
15: Delta variant cases have doubled since last week and now stand at 43. John Deskins, the director of the Bureau of Business and Economic Research at WVU, predicts the Morgantown area is poised to rebound from the closure of the Viatris plant set to occur this Saturday. If
0: this
10: loss were to happen in some of the areas that are very small, very rural, and not diversified at all, a
18: place like McDowell County, like you mentioned, It could take decades to recover.
15: The shutdown is expected to result in a loss of 1,400 jobs. Putnam County Democratic Executive Committee Chairman Ben Barkey is voicing his concerns about the multiple districts making up Putnam County.
4: I wanted them to consider that when they redistrict and try to make as many county uh, delegate districts specific to Putnam County as
3: possible
15: redistricting hearings across the state kicked off tuesday night the next hearing takes place thursday night in logan you're listening to metro news the voice of west virginia
7: hi i'm dr lisa costello a pediatrician from morgantown west virginia right here in west virginia i have cared for children hospitalized with covid 19 and have seen firsthand the devastating impact of this disease that is why i was hopeful when covid 19 vaccines became available and i'm hopeful now but let me say This virus isn't gone, and it doesn't care how old you are. The virus affects different people in different ways. It can be mild for some, life-threatening for others. With COVID-19 vaccinations, you can protect yourself, you can protect your family, and you can help build a community of immunity here in West Virginia. The COVID-19 vaccines are free and safe. I got vaccinated and am doing well. I urge you to consider the same. Ask the questions you have to get the answers you need. Help West Virginia fight COVID-19 by choosing vaccination.
16: For information on COVID-19 vaccines in your community,
10: visit vaccinate.wv.gov. That's vaccinate.wv.gov.
15: This upcoming weekend is a sales tax holiday and National Federation of Independent Business State Director Gil White says it's about supporting small businesses still working to recover from the COVID crisis.
13: Small business accounts for almost, really almost all of West Virginia's employers and small business employees.
15: The holiday runs from Friday through Monday. And Governor Jim Justice will announce another round of do-it-for-baby-dog winners today, part of his COVID-19 vaccination sweepstakes. From the Metro News Anchor Desk, I'm Carrie Hudasek.
6: No good with words, but
3: I mean worse. But he started out a joke
10: of a romantic... news. Talk line continues. Dave Wilson filling in for Hoppy Kirchmoor, enjoying some time off. Hoppy will be back on Monday. Just wrapped up this week, a two-day conference in Bridgeport involving all 55 of the state's county clerks, nearly 180 clerks, local election staff, members, guests, all in attendance, including... West Virginia Secretary of State Mac Warner, who joins me on Metro News Talk Line. Good morning, Mac, uh, Secretary Warner.
19: Good morning, Dave. Good to be with you.
10: Your uh, overall impressions, how did the conference in Bridgeport go this week?
19: It was fantastic. We just had a great, uh, great time together. It was good to be post-COVID-19, at least uh, people see people without their masks on. Um, We had a lot of hard work. And then it was the time for a little bit of congratulations. Uh, West Virginia just did a fantastic job in the election last year, and this training gives us a chance to, to learn lessons from, from this last year but also prepare uh, for 2022. And so uh, the big announcement that uh, came out during that uh, conference was we have now cleared that backlog of, of um, on the list maintenance, the over-list maintenance that uh, I was addressed when I came into this office Uh, we've now taken off 364,000 names uh, off the list. And so um, the significance of that is is we now have zero counties in West Virginia that have more registered voters than we do people of voting age population. So obviously if you have more people registered than you do people, you've got a problem. And we've now corrected that situation in West Virginia. Other states are being sued because of that, having to uh, go through the court system to have directives to clean it up. We've avoided that because of the hard work of these clerks, and so this is a chance to uh, pat them on the back for the work that they've done. We've also added 255,000 new, actually live voters, and about 67,000 of those are high school students. Again, so people started young, uh, and that's all due to the hard work of these clerks. So it's a chance to again congratulate them on a job well done, and uh, we're getting recognized at the national level. Of these efforts.
10: Yeah, we were able to battle through the pandemic last year and put on two, you know, a primary and a general election with very little hiccups along the way. So the process for 2022 is already underway. What did you hear from county clerks' uh, suggestions to improve the process or, or make things work better? What did they tell you?
19: Well, they want to go back to the pre COVID 19 uh, situation. And when you Have that, you stick to the laws that are in place, then you don't have the problems that you're seeing in Arizona and Michigan and uh, Georgia and other states. We avoided that because we stayed within uh, the law that the legislature had directed. That's what the Constitution tells us to do. Uh, The the little bit that we had to deviate, we got uh, approval through the governor and the attorney general's office. So the very minor uh, things that we uh, went through as far as those adjustments, uh, we then, as you know, we sent out absentee applications. Um then in the general election we opened up a portal instead of sending out these applications and the clerks want to return back to what state law says and that is at the request of a um of a voter to get an absolute ballot. So we'll have to see where we are next year with regards to the COVID uh situation, whether we're still gonna be under some of the restrictions. Uh but we'll adjust uh at the at the time that uh that that's upon us. Uh, the, the thing that we heard most from the clerks is about the redistricting, and that is uh, we need to get the numbers from the Census Bureau, and that they still haven't been released from the federal level, and that makes it real hard to redistrict. I know we're doing some hearings across the state, but until we actually have those numbers and can start putting lines on a map, uh, that's where the clerks, clerks want to be, and we all need to be there. Uh, that's the biggest concern that's coming out of this, uh, this conference.
10: Now, obviously, the redistricting has impacts on who represents you and and who you're voting for but what's the impact generally speaking on elections here
19: well take there in mon county there's a, it's a there's a five member district well there's now you have not just the census redistricting but the state law now says you want to have single member districts so there's kind of a double line sitting those uh places throughout the state that have the multi member districts so that's a lot of uh, you know, redrawing the lines, redrawing districts. Uh, if there's a delegate that lives on the other side of the line from where their, their district they, they've been representing, or it's a delegate, then be able to move in that amount of time. These decisions have to be made by November of this year because state law says they have to live in the district uh, for one year uh, prior to the election. So that's just time crunch. It's like a shot clock that's expiring on us, and we got to get on with it. But until the federal government releases those numbers, it's hard for us to do our work. So I just want the listeners to know there's nothing that the state has done or that the counties have done or could do to speed this process up. We're being held by, up by the federal government.
10: Talking to West Virginia secretary of state, Mac Warner, you know, earlier this week I was talking to a guest about the mansion compromise and this was a compromise for, you know, the HR one and SR one that got a lot of publicity. You came out, uh, I believe in opposition of those two particular bills, but a lot of what was in the Mansion is in the Mansion Compromise. Is based on what we're doing here in West Virginia. I, I take that as a compliment. That uh, what we're doing here, Mac, is being used as possibly a model to implement uh, across the country. How do you see it?
19: Well, the great thing again about this conference is we had Senator Mansion speaking to us uh, virtually. We had uh, Senator Shelley Moore Capito there in person. Uh, the governor attended this conference, I and mean, we had the top level. Uh, people in the state, elected officials, working with us at this conference. So uh, it was nice to have that sort of dialogue uh, between the top officials. So Senator Manchin was able to explain to the clerks his rationale uh, in his opposition to S-1. Um, What you're referring to now is the next step. It's called H.R. 4, commonly known as the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Mm -hmm. That hasn't been produced in writing yet, so we'll have to hold until we actually see the, the nuances of that. Uh, but parts of this S-1 may uh, resurrect themselves, like a phoenix coming back in different forms, whether it's in H.R. 4 or uh, or even in the infrastructure uh, bill, there's talk that that may occur. So let's hold on and have that discussion once uh, we see the, the uh, exact uh, language of it. Uh, Senator Mention has indicated his support for that. Uh, I don't think the clerks were as enamored with it uh, because – Again, it's a, it's an attempt to move things to the federal level. We would have to get through DOJ, the Department of Justice, to make any changes to the election law. Um, so it, it's rather convoluted. Let's say that for another day, that uh, uh, there, this uh, debate over how elections should be run is, no, is not over by any stretch of the imagination. We have a very polarized society, uh, not only in the state but across the nation. And I think Senator Manchin has been uh, – correct and that we need a bipartisan approach to this or we're simply going to further divide america
10: west virginia secretary of state mac warner we'll leave it there congratulations on getting the voter rolls cleaned up that is something that has been needed done for a long time congratulations on a successful conference and uh, take a big deep breath 22 is uh, not far away
19: thank you so much Dave.
10: good talking with you anytime appreciate it good talking with you as well west virginia secretary of state mac warner All right, coming up, we're going to have a little open phone opportunity here. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention revising its advice, its recommendations, its guidelines yesterday, advising that even fully vaccinated individuals mask up in areas of high risk, substantial risk. Want to hear what you think? All I ask, all I ask is we keep it on this side of crazy. That's all. 800-765-TALK is the phone number. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. Jeff Jenkins is going to join me in just a moment as well. We'll get an update on the opioid trial going on at a federal courthouse in Charleston. We'll do that next. Your calls, texts, and tweets are welcome as always. Dave Wilson sitting in for Hoppy Kirchival on Metro News Talk Line. We're back in a minute.
20: It seems like today everyone has an opinion on how to power America's electricity needs. Some want to see greater expansion of renewable energy sources like wind and solar. Some believe gas-fired power plants or even nuclear are the preferred method. Well, think about this. West Virginia's eight coal-fired power plants are modern electricity manufacturing facilities, providing reliable, secure, and affordable power. And they've been doing that for decades. These plants also support a strong and productive mining workforce. And when combined, the coal mining and power generation industries account for nearly 20% of our state's gross domestic product. Energy production is a critical issue. Severe weather, terrorism, and a reliable grid can certainly impact your ability to turn on the lights in your home or have power for your business. As the national debate over energy production intensifies, remember the importance and reliability of coal-fired electricity. A message from the West Virginia
3: Coal Association. The chance of bowling a perfect game, 1 in 11,000. The chance of becoming a famous YouTuber, 1 in 135. The chance of cracking the screen of your smartphone, 1 in 6. So what's the chance of winning the West Virginia lottery? It's zero if you don't play. With prizes ranging into the millions for draw games, instant win scratch-offs, and an app to make it all easier, don't you think it's time to take your chance? You may be a winner. App does not allow purchases. Please play responsibly at a distance.
14: You're listening to TalkLine on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
3: This morning, the biggest
2: stories from around the state of West Virginia. When you want them, Chris Lawrence at the anchor desk. We are ready to get your day started with the information you need in West Virginia. Carrie Hudasek brings you the day's headlines.
15: A banking company is claiming more than $58 million from Governor Jim Justice and First Lady Kathy Justice based on guarantees they signed. Carter Bank and Trust has filed claims over those millions of dollars based on recent defaults of the Greenbrier Sporting Club and Oakhurst Club. This is the latest in the legal back and forth between the just- Businesses and their longtime bank.
1: Kyle Wiggs at the sports desk. Best Virginia played very well, got into the Elam ending. First point was a free throw, then Kevin Jones scored off the baseline. Tariq Phillip and Nathan Adrian would hit back-to-back threes to get Best Virginia to the targeted score. So Best Virginia will play Team 23 Wednesday night in Charleston in that regional championship. And
2: Hoppy Kerchival's daily commentary. Metro News This Morning. Listen where you get your favorite podcasts and online. At WVMetroNews.com.
16: Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
11: Your source for news in the Mountain State is Metro News. Weekday mornings, start your day with the morning news. Three hours of the biggest stories across West Virginia, along with sports, weather, and more. Stay updated throughout the day with reports at half past each hour. And find all the info you need on your schedule at wvmetronews.com. The news you want from the name you trust. Metro News for 36 years, the voice of West Virginia.
2: News Talk Line with Hoppy Kerchival is brought to you by Encova Insurance. Encircling you with coverage to protect what you care about most. Visit Encova.com to learn more. Get your
10: calls and texts coming up in a moment. This morning in a federal courtroom in Charleston, closing arguments continue. In the landmark opioids trial, the city of Huntington and Cabell County uh, suing three major distributors, uh, saying that uh, those distributors helped and brought in millions of prescription pills into the tri-state area, fueling the opioid de- epidemic for a decade plus. Metro News News Director and just all-around great guy, Jeff Jenkins, joins me for the latest. Morning, Jeff.
21: Dave, thank you, and good morning. How you doing?
10: Doing pretty well. What's the latest with the uh, opioid trial in day two of Closing Arguments? All right,
21: so now you have uh, the remaining two uh, drug distributors are uh, will have two hours each today uh, to give their closing arguments. So that's taking place now. One of the distributors gave theirs yesterday, and then uh, the two others will give theirs today. And then this afternoon, the the, the plaintiffs, Campbell County, City of Huntington, will get to rebut uh, what they said. So they say they uh, Judge David Faber gave both sides a total of six hours. So there's a couple hours left for the plaintiffs. And in the civil trial, they have the opportunity to rebut what uh, what the defense says. So they'll come back. They'll do that. And then it'll be over. Well, I think what will be interesting is what Judge Faber says at the end of all this, because this is a bench trial. So he may give some indication on how long he may take to rule on this. Because at some point, he's going to make a ruling. Will he say? He doesn't have to say anything. But he might say. He doesn't. I mean, he might. But he might say. And he's, and he's you know, during this. And I've been down there. You just, I mean, it's been going on for weeks. And I've been down there just a few days. But, you know, he's he's got back and forth with these attorneys all the way through. And so he might. I wouldn't be surprised if he said, you know, I'm going to take up to 60 days. Or I'm going to take three months. Or whatever he says. And so that will give, I think, both sides an opportunity to you know, anticipate when it's going to come down. And uh, and so basically what the arguments have been, and Carrie was on with you yesterday, you know, they used, uh, the plaintiffs used a lot of numbers, went back over the testimony saying, you know, all this happened. And then when the defense, the first company got up yesterday, one of the things they said, Dave, was all Huntington and Cabell County want to do is back up a big pickup truck to the courthouse and get millions of dollars. And they have no proof that, We cause this, so the causation. So, really, the question here is causation, right? I mean, there's no question that these pills were sent by these companies, but they say, "Hey, we we did it because doctors were prescribing them. We did it because, you know, that's you know, it's not it's not up to us." So, they're kind of saying, "Hey, we're not to blame here," and so that's what the judge will have to decide: Did they actually cause it? There's no denying it happened. Did they cause it?
10: That's that's going to be an interesting. Why well, I can't I can't wait to hear the judge's ruling because that sounds like that old argument, Jeff. Hey, I'm, I'm just the I'm just the messenger. You ordered them, I sent them. Once they leave my uh, possession, that's it's it's not my problem. No, uh, but the But, but, but the, the plaintiffs. But you said this yeah. happened.
21: Yeah. yeah, but the plaintiffs say, hey, there were signs. You knew, you had knowledge, and they presented testimony mm. that there was knowledge. They presented email testimony that there was emails between high ranking officials in the drug companies they knew that these pills were being gobbled up uh in an unusual way and they didn't do anything to stop it and so they say there is causation there because you it's not like you were oblivious to everything i mean you 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 learned things were happening and then you should have stepped in and did and should have done something and you didn't do it
10: It's like when a uh, when a college coach goes hey i I had no idea what's happening off campus i <laughs> Once they leave the facility,
21: they're out of my control. Yeah, you're mixing the worlds here, right? (laughs) Okay.
10: Hey, what's going on at West Virginia State University? uh, President Nicole Pride, she has been uh, embattled, to say the least. There are some calling for her removal, but she made a couple of hires, didn't she?
21: Well, here's the deal. Uh, She was hired uh, about a year ago by the uh, Board of Governors at West Virginia State, and she came from, she had an academic background, but she also had more of a a uh, business PR type background. She was a very impressive candidate, uh, and she was hired the first female uh, to be the president at West Virginia State University, which has a very long storied history, historical black institution. And so she was hired, and, uh, and so she came in. We, uh, we have a letter, you know, the, uh, several members of her cabinet uh, sent a letter to uh, a two page letter to the Board of Governors saying, we think she should be removed and investigation should begin. And they list a number of reasons. One is kind of her management style, which they claimed retaliation was used, demeaning type language, those type of things. Uh, and uh, and it was signed. And one of those who signed it was the provost uh, whom that pride had hired last November as the provost. Uh, so we learned yesterday from well, then the Board of Governors had a meeting two weeks ago. And they had a, a closed-door meeting, executive session. They came out. They met for five hours. And they came out and said, we didn't make any decisions. And they didn't, you know, obviously, I think this is what they were discussing. Uh, and so now we get we got word yesterday from West Virginia State, two separate releases, that, uh, that uh, the, uh, President Pride had hired uh, a chief of staff and a vice president, one position there, of a, of, of a, of a man who's been, very impressive credentials. If you read our story, WVMetronews.com, he's been in higher education in other states. He's he's done a lot. I mean, helped very impressive positions. So she's brought him in to be her chief of staff, and what the release said, her basically her chief advisor. That's going to help uh, her. And then uh, also they announced the hiring of a provost. We don't mm-hmm. know where the other provost went. If she quit, or I mean, she was on the letter, but and that was just a couple of weeks ago. And now they hired a new provost. Now this. New provost has been at state a long time. She appears to have been, you know, well like well accomplished. She was a dean of the school of professional studies, uh, and she praised pride in the release that was sent out yesterday for what a good job she's been doing. The board of governors meets on Friday, and to take up a personnel issue, which I think is going to be this issue. I mean, a, a pride of the of the of the no confidence letter that came. Meanwhile, some members of the faculty have been meeting about no confidence. They haven't taken an official vote. We'll see. It almost gets the sense, and Pride's not talking, and I reached out to West Virginia State for some background on this. Yesterday, didn't receive a response. But it appears that Pride may be making some hires that would that the board might favor. Like if you're hiring someone, she's mm-hmm. never been a president before, so you're hiring someone as your chief of staff who has an impressive Credentials and is going to be your chief advisor, and that might gain some favor with the BOG, which again, this the BOG hired her last year, right? So, do they want to, you know, fire yeah. her after a year, or, you know, or, or they want to save face too? And maybe she's made some hires to say, okay, I'm, you know, I've got some assistance here, put some good people in place, we're ready to go. So we'll see.
10: We'll continue to follow it. You can read about it right now at wvmetronews.com. And uh, we'll have reactions later today from the trial in Charleston as well. Jeff, I appreciate the update. Thank you, buddy. See you, man. Do you need a few million to get by? Lotto America offers jackpots that start at $2 million and grow until somebody wins. Drawings take place every Wednesday and Saturday, and there are nine ways to win a prize. So for Manageable Millions, Lotto America is your best bet to win a small fortune for just a buck. The Lotto America jackpot is $2.15 million.
22: If you are a senior or someone with disabilities, there are many programs that can help you live safely and more independently in your own home. The West Virginia Aging and Disability Resource Center can help you find and receive the services and supports you need, including in-home workers to help you with everyday tasks. To find out more information, call the West Virginia Aging and Disability Resource Center at 866-981-ADRC. That's 866-981-2372 or visit wvnavigate.org. This ad is supported by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services as part of a financial assistance award beginning in 2011 and totaling over $19 million with 92.4% funded by CMS, HHS, and 7.6% funded by the state of West Virginia, totaling over $1.6 million. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views nor an endorsement by CMS, HHS, or the U.S. government.
14: Frooth Pharmacy is offering curbside pickup. Simply call your local Frooth and ask to place a curbside order. A friendly Frooth associate will call you once your order is complete and let you know when you can come pick it up. Once you arrive, please call your store and their staff will bring your purchase to your car. Frooth Pharmacy wants you to stay happy and healthy. Please feel free to utilize their drive through local delivery, and curbside pickup services at this time. Fruit, your hometown family pharmacy. This is Talk Line on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
2: this morning. The biggest stories from around the state of West Virginia. When you want them, Chris Lawrence at the anchor desk. We are ready to get your day started with the information you need in West Virginia. Carrie Hudasek brings you the day's headlines.
15: A banking company is claiming more than $58 million from Governor Jim Justice and First Lady Kathy Justice based on guarantees they signed. Carter Bank and Trust has filed claims over those millions of dollars based on recent default of the Greenbrier Sporting Club and Oakhurst Club. This is the latest in the legal back and forth between the the Justice Businesses and their longtime bank.
2: Kyle Wiggs at the sports
1: desk. Best Virginia played very well, got into the Elam ending. First point was a free throw. Then Kevin Jones scored off the baseline. Tariq Phillip and Nathan Adrian would hit back-to-back threes to get Best Virginia to the targeted score. So Best Virginia will play Team 23
2: Wednesday night in Charleston in that regional championship. And Hoppy Kerchival's daily commentary. Metro News This Morning. Listen where you get your favorite podcasts and online at WVMetroNews.com. Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending
16: in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West
11: Virginia. You're Your source for news in the Mountain State is Metro News. Weekday mornings, start your day with the morning news. Three hours of the biggest stories across West Virginia, along with sports, weather, and more. Stay updated throughout the day with reports at half past each hour. And find all the info you need on your schedule at WVMetroNews.com. The news you want from the name you trust. Metro News for 36 years, the voice of West Virginia.
10: a minute or two here we'll get through some texts 304 talk 304 is the text line Dave agree everyone needs to get the vaccine but I mask I am mask weary and tired of having to wear my mask at work but I have to make a living we vaccinated we're we we vaccinated we're guinea pigs for this country we deserve the freedom not to wear our masks if you are not vaccinated It's your problem, not mine. 304 Talk 304. Dave, I've been fully vaccinated for about two months now. I still wear my mask anytime I go into any establishment, even though I'm usually the only one. Fact is, here in my little mountain town, less than 50% are vaccinated. The other half are so drugged out that I don't want them near me either. They will have to mandate that I take my mask off. 304 Talk 304. Dave, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. Wear two masks, socially distance. sit down and shut up. Herd immunity, get your vaccine. The Trump vaccine needs more time. Can we all finally agree that the so-called experts are making it up as they go along? 304 Talk 304, hey, I wear my masks. still do in airports and on planes because of federal crime not to. I social distance, I got my two doses of the Pfizer Vaccine as soon as I'm eligible. I do not care what other people do, but I've done all the things I'm supposed to do going along. That'll do it for hour number one. Hour number two is on the way. This is Talkline on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Metro News Talkline already in progress. Hour number two. I'm Dave Wilson sitting in for Hoppy kirchival Hoppy is back on Monday. Daniel Woods running the phones today. Taylor Kennedy has the difficult job of trying to make me look halfway decent on the video stream. You can participate at 800-765-TALK. 800-765-8255 is the phone number. And 304-TALK-304 is the text line. Thanks for hanging out with me wherever you may be across the state of West Virginia or, of course, we're on the web as well, WV Metro News. Dot com coming up this hour we're going to talk state coronavirus R Dr. Clay Marsh in just a moment and a little bit later we'll tell you about a pending lawsuit that's coming up bottom of the hour plus an update on yesterday's testimony in front of the January 6th committee CDC revising its guidelines yesterday concern over the Delta variant continues joining us now is state coronavirus R Dr. Clay Marsh good morning Clay
4: Dave, how are you? Good to talk to
10: you. Uh, Good to talk to you as well. I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. What is the latest as far as spread of the Delta variant here in the state of West Virginia? How are we doing in that regard?
4: Well, you know, we know that the Delta variant, which now makes up, you know, well over 83% of the cases of new cases of of COVID-19, in the country um, is also circulating in West Virginia. The governor reported yesterday the updated numbers of the Delta cases, which I believe were 43. And we very much believe that we will see a a continued expansion in the identification of the Delta variant in uh, West Virginia. And remember, Dave, the key for the Delta variant is that the Delta variant is able to spread much, much, much more efficiently because of the great amount of uh, of virus that gets packaged in those droplets. And in a study from China, um, over a thousand times more virus is present in the airway and the respiratory droplets and and secretions of, of a person who's infected with the Delta variant, which started in India, Versus the original virus that started in China.
10: Kept reading yesterday, and this phrase kept popping up in articles the new science when referencing the CDC's masking guidelines, uh, new science when it comes to the Delta variant. What is the new science that uh, persuaded the CDC to uh, go ahead and recommend that uh, fully vaccinated individuals wear masks as
4: well? Well, I think that, Dave, uh, the recognition that this variant is actually quite different than any other of the COVID um, uh, variants or forms of COVID that we've seen is really at the root of this. There, There are some really compelling data that being close to other people who are infected with the Delta variant, even if you're outside and perhaps even if you're fully vaccinated, may not be sufficient protection to keep you from getting reinfected. In the country of Israel, uh, they did a very careful study because they have national centralized health care and they're working with Pfizer. And they found that in, in a select population that they measured, that only about 39 to 46 percent of fully vaccinated people were protected against getting reinfected with the Delta variant and from getting symptoms. Now, it was still much, much better at preventing hospitalizations and and deaths and severe disease more in that 91% range. But the recognition that this spreads differently, and there's also some, some data that's been not clear as far as how reproducible it is, but it's caught the attention of a lot of people because there is at least two episodes of very, very, you know, a bypasser kind of uh, exposure where people are walking in opposite directions by each other, where somebody who was infected with the Delta variant may have been able to infect somebody else. So, the exposure times that are necessary to be infected with the Delta variant are felt to be much shorter because of the greater, much greater concentration of the virus in those aerosolized droplets and, 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 and small aerosols. But also, um, we know that people who get the Delta variant can spread this disease sooner than with previous variants. So so four days versus six days, people were infectious. And in South Africa, there's been some reports that people may be infectious as soon as 24 hours after they get infected with the, this particular variant. So I think CDC is looking at all this data and starting to reconsider with these congregate settings, these close contact indoor settings, like in the schoolroom, et cetera, um, about, uh, you know, following additional precautions as the American Academy of Pediatrics recommended, and really following those same sort of guidelines about just layering additional protection measures on top of what we hope are, are, you know, very many more fully vaccinated West Virginians.
10: Talking to state coronavirus, our Dr. Clay Marsh, are you concerned at all about a backlash to these new recommendations that there are folks out there who might still be on the fence? And part of the motivation is, hey, if I get this vaccine, I can shed the mask. They're annoying. They're hot. They're cumbersome. None of us like them. And are you worried about a backlash of folks going, well, if they're going to make me do these things anyway, the heck with it, I'm not going to get the shot.
4: Yeah, you know that's a really important point. And and as we've said during the entire pandemic, and the governor's been very consistent about this, and I think we all have, you know, we deeply respect each person's right to decide which is correct for them and their family. And and I think that you know there's been an unfortunate and, and perhaps not surprising you know polarization of beliefs and 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 uh, and emotions around some of these public health mitigation measures this happened back in the 1918 pandemic as well with the anti mask league happened when we tried to make seatbelt use universal we tried to stop smoking indoors because of secondhand smoke issues so i do respect people's ability you know to make those decisions for themselves what we're really suggesting here, Dave, and, and I, I won't even say CDC, I'll, I'll talk about me because I know what I'm thinking, and CDC, you know, they have many experts making recommendations, but we're really trying to follow the data as well as we can and make what we believe are the best recommendations to protect the health, the well-being, and lives of people that live in West Virginia. And certainly each person can decide whether they want to be vaccinated or not, whether they want to wear a mask or not. But what this particular variant is teaching us around the world and in the United States, that this is much more dangerous. And I know people are tired of COVID-19 and tired of hearing this, but it serves as an immediate threat to all of us if we don't take the right precautions and if we're not vaccinated, we are at very high risk of having severe illness and hospitalizations and death from this. And and I think a lot of times people think, oh, it's just, you know, just trying to drum up more drama. But the truth is this thing is different and it's hard for people to see that and people are tired of it. I get it. But we know that if we don't do the things that we can do to reduce risk for our population, We still have a very, you know, chronically ill population, and we're the third oldest state in the country. And we are not finished through this COVID pandemic yet. We want to make sure that at the, you know, at the third quarter, fourth quarter of the game, that we don't let down our guard because COVID and this particular variant can do a lot of damage here in West Virginia.
10: And Clay, the best way forward and again you're right I'm I'm completely on board it's it's your decision you've got to make do what's best for you but the the way forward where we keep this the keep this manageable and correct me if I'm wrong is, is through the vaccine so we don't continue to see or or do we continue to see these mutations and these changes and again the vaccine is that still
4: the key moving forward Absolutely so so we know of the different strategies that we can Um, that we can deliver to our folks who we care about in our state and in the United States and in the world. But we know there's really three things that are really very important. So number one is fully having people fully vaccinated is by far the best strategy, not only to try to reduce the spread and new variants of COVID-19, but to protect each one of us. And these vaccines are really good in West Virginia we see less than 0.1% of people who have been fully vaccinated get reinfected. Now, the second thing, though, is that this new variant, it's very different. It's much more fit, much more dangerous, a thousand times more virus in a respiratory drop than we have dealt with before. And because of that, even people being fully vaccinated, if they're exposed to huge amounts of virus, could still get sick and still get very sick. So that's the reason why we recommend, and CDC's recommending, even in people fully vaccinated, that we should also practice important other layers of mitigation, which include wearing masks if you're around, mixed crowds indoors, um, wear, you know washing your hands, covering your cough, staying home if you're sick, getting COVID tested, et cetera. And the third issue, which is really important, is that what we see, Dave, is the United Kingdom variant, the Alpha variant, is still right now the most common variant of COVID-19 in in West Virginia. In the United States, the Delta variant, the Indian variant, is almost now over 90% of cases, and we'll see West Virginia change as well very soon. And as we start to look at um, at these new variants coming up, then we know that the world is so interconnected that if we don't vaccinate and really support the vaccination of everybody, then we're going to see new variants that are likely even more fit, more dangerous than the Delta variant. And a case in point would be the continent of Africa right now that is getting really hit very hard by the Delta variant. And remember, the way that this virus replicates is kind of messy, and with that messiness, there's genetic changes. And as those genetic changes, you know, add up in certain viruses to give that virus a huge advantage as far as spreading and replicating, et cetera, then we will see new variants come out. So until we get everybody vaccinated, then we still are at risk of more variants, and it's likely the Delta variant will not be the last variant and maybe not even the most dangerous variant we see before this is over.
10: State coronavirus R, Dr. Clay Marsh, I appreciate the perspective. Thank you so much for the time this morning. Thank you, Dave. Be well. Uh, you as well. Dr. Clay Marsh, State Coronavirus R. We'll get an update on yesterday's testimony in front of the January 6th committee. We'll do that next.
2: Why should you use radio to grow your business? Radio is mobile. You can reach people with your message at home, at work, in the car. Radio is the only advertising medium you can take everywhere. People rely on radio for the things that are important in their lives. News, weather, sports, and information during emergencies. Why should you use radio to grow your business? Because your current and future customers are listening. This message is brought to you by Metro News and this radio station.
3: WVU Medicine Children's has been named the number one children's hospital in West Virginia by U.S. News and World Report. We're the largest group of pediatric primary, specialty, and high-risk maternal care physicians and surgeons in the state. And we're home to the only pediatric cardiac surgery program and pediatric epilepsy monitoring unit in the state. Trust your child's care to West Virginia's top children's hospital, WVU Medicine Children's. Visit childrens.wvumedicine.org.
14: You're listening to Talkline on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
2: this morning. The biggest stories from around the state of West Virginia. When you want them. Chris Lawrence at the anchor desk. We are ready to get your day started with the information you need in West Virginia. Carrie Hudasek brings you the day's headlines.
15: A banking company is claiming more than $58 million from Governor Jim Justice and First Lady Kathy Justice based on guarantees they signed. Carter Bank and Trust has filed claims over those millions of dollars based on recent defaults of the Greenbrier Sporting Club and Oakhurst Club. This is the latest in the legal back and forth between the Justice businesses and their longtime bank.
2: Kyle Wiggs at the sports desk. Best
1: Virginia played very well, got into the Elam ending. First point was a free throw, then Kevin Jones scored off the baseline, Tariq Phillips and Nathan Adrian would hit back-to-back threes to get Best Virginia to the targeted score. So Best Virginia will play Team 23 Wednesday night in Charleston in that regional championship.
2: And Hoppy Kerchival's daily commentary. Metro News This Morning. Listen where you get your favorite podcasts and online. At
16: wvmetronews.com. Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun! Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
11: Your source for news in the Mountain State is Metro News. Weekday mornings, start your day with the morning news. Three hours of the biggest stories across West Virginia, along with sports, weather, and more. Stay updated throughout the day with reports at half past each hour. And find all the info you need on your schedule at WVMetroNews.com. The news you want from the name you trust. Metro News for 36 years, the voice of West Virginia.
2: Metro News Talk Line with Hoppy Kirchible is brought to you by Encova Insurance, encircling you with coverage to protect what you care about most. Visit Encova.com to learn more.
10: 304-TALK-304 is the text line. It is jammed. And you can call me at 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255. We'll get to some of your texts coming up. Uh, Many of you want to weigh in on the previous conversation there and the CDC guidelines. We'll get to that coming up in just a moment. Yesterday was the first day of hearings in front of the January sixth committee, and there was some gripping testimony, to say the least. Fox News Radio's Jared Halpern joins me on Metro News Talk Line. Good morning, Jared. Good morning, Hoppy. Uh, how was the hearings, and what did you make of the testimony, specifically from the Capitol police officers yesterday? I mean, it
23: was it was harrowing to, to hear them, wasn't it? Um, their their stories about what they. Uh, saw what they experienced that day from being beaten in, in some cases in um, being crushed by doorways in some cases, the racial slurs and epithets, uh, all of that. I mean, uh, to hear and, and sort of have that w- with the companion video, I think, is always very emotional, um, and which is why uh, the committee chairman, Vinnie Thompson, I think, decided that that was how he wanted to start the, these hearings and this investigation with sort of trying uh, to appeal that that this is not a partisan issue, that this was a serious situation that occurred here, and and we need to to understand it better. Um, And that seemed to be the strategy that that Democrats, particularly on the committee, laid out. Although, you know, there are two Republicans, right, and Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. And one of the statements that Liz Cheney made, is she made an opening statement, is that they need to understand What sort of coordination may have been involved in all of this? Um, And so that seems to be where this uh, next phase, if you will, uh, will start moving forward. And I think we'll get a sense of that when we see potentially witness lists, subpoena lists, subpoena document lists in some cases, which may or may not spark their sort of own legal fights um, as as this committee works through what I imagine will be a, a month long process.
10: There have been attempts to, to kind of whitewash this event. It was, well, mostly peaceful. Uh, but if you listen to that testimony, I go back to that, Jared, uh, from these officers, their experience sound anything but
23: peaceful. Yeah, I mean, look, we've seen the videos. We've, yeah. we've seen what happened. If you watched any of the impeachment trial, um, if you've seen some of the coverage, obviously, in the six months since, um, there was an awful lot of violence that took place. Um, that is why an awful lot of people are charged with assaulting law enforcement officers that have been arrested and identified, right? Um, and I do think that you're right. That is why uh, Benny Thompson, the chairman of this committee, started the way that he did to try and, and get ahead of, of what you're pointing out, some downplaying or, or otherwise sort of minimizing what, what happened on January
10: 6th. Has there been any reaction or what has been the reaction on Capitol Hill to yesterday's testimony?
23: Well, I mean, listen, I think everything's going to sort of be uh, reacted to in a partisan way, right? Um, An awful lot of Republicans said that they didn't see much or any of it because they were busy doing other things. Uh, Democrats uh, suggest that they were riveted by it and and watched every minute of it. Um, And part of this is going to sort of boil down to, I think, um, how much legitimacy you think that that this committee has given the, the breakdown that occurred with removing some members and then Republican leadership, um, essentially boycotting, and then Pelosi putting on two Republicans who then McCarthy called Pelosi Republicans. And now there's calls by some in the Republican conference to see if they can kick Kinsinger and, and Cheney out of the Republican conference. Um, all of that is going to be part of the reaction and the response uh, to every hearing that we have. And again, we don't know when the next hearing will be. Uh, Benny Thompson yesterday indicated that they may do a hearing during the August recess. Uh, The House is about to, at the end of this week, will will adjourn, presumably for six or or seven weeks, unless they have to come back, I guess, for infrastructure. Um, But uh, so they could do hearings with that. But we don't know sort of what witnesses, what documents they still need to hear from before they're ready for another public hearing. I think it's important for listeners to understand uh, that these committees do an awful lot of their work um, behind the scenes. The 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 entirety of what these committees do are not these, these very public sometimes dramatic hearings that we saw yesterday and certainly that we saw during the Benghazi uh, Select Committee when they had survivors of that attack testify when they had Hillary Clinton testify um, you know I think there are questions being raised about are, are other members of Congress going to be compelled to testify for this panel will former administration officials be compelled to testify. Um, and, and how that works with different privileges that um, may or may not still apply.
10: Fox News Radio's Jared Halpern. Jared, thank you for the update. I appreciate it, buddy.
23: Absolutely. Take care.
10: You as well. 304-TALK-304 304 304 is the text line, 800-765-8255, 800-765-TALKS, the phone number. Dave, the federal government will be able to require the vaccines because they're giving you two choices. Get the vaccine or mask up and get tested regularly. I believe it will hold up in the courts. Dave, why would those of us who got vaccinated be punished by having to wear masks again because of those who did not get vaccinated? Dave, do people who have had the virus and have natural immunity still need to be vaccinated? If so, why? I don't know, is the answer to your question. I I have looked up and read and i can't get a clear answer on the natural immunity side i'd get the vaccine i would have i had no hesitancy there of all the information i had and i got it back i think it was in march no hesitancy there you got to do you though right 304 talk 304 dave when the pandemic started I followed all the mandates and recommendations. I even got the vaccine as soon as I was eligible in saying that I will not wear a face diaper anymore. 304 Talk 304. Dave, the only people that are not getting vaccinated and are not wearing masks are always the angry Republicans. Let them die. It's just less one idiot voting. Well, that seems a bit harsh. Uh, no, I, actually, I don't believe uh, your assertion there, Texter. I think there are a lot of people who are frustrated. And I think the frustration comes from the idea that those, that, that goal line keeps getting moved. And look, you, you have to adjust with new information. I get that. I get that. But I also understand the frustration of you think you're working toward a goal and you get hit with a 15-yard penalty. Yes, I have to go back. Everything has to go back to some sort of a football analogy for me to get it through my rockhead skull. I apologize. Coming up, I'm going to tell you about a lawsuit pending against uh, that has to deal with substance use disorder. We'll tell you about that coming up on the other side of the break. And we'll have some open line opportunities for you as well. Dave Wilson sitting in for Hoppy Kirchival. You're listening to TalkLine on Metro News. Metro News is the voice of West Virginia. It's 1130. Let's get a news update. Check in with the Metro News Anchor Desk and find out what's happening all across the great state of West Virginia.
17: West Virginia Metro News, I'm Chris Lawrence. As Oklahoma and Texas make a pitch to join the SEC, the dominoes of college football will start falling. So where does that leave everybody else in the seismic shift in college athletics? Even schools like Marshall could be impacted as schools begin to consider jumping to a possibly higher position. Marshall President Jerome Gilbert says despite the uncertainty that surrounds all this reshuffling, he does not believe that Marshall's in a bad spot just won the national championship in soccer
4: we've always been strong in football we have a good basketball program and other so our brand our athletic brand is so strong i don't think there would be any danger
22: of anything negative happening to marshall i think There's an opportunity of potentially positive things happening for Marshall as all of this reshuffles. While college football is redrawing its
17: conference lines, West Virginia's legislature is in the early stages of redrawing boundaries for legislative and congressional districts. The first public hearing on that was last night in Winfield, where Putnam County voters from both sides of the aisle made it clear they're tired of their representatives being from somewhere else.
4: But we heard pretty much everybody said the same thing, that Putnam County uh, was really gerrymandered up and is really cut up. And um, you got delegates representing it that live in Lincoln County, Logan County, and um, they want more local representation.
17: That's Jackson County Delegate Steve Westfall, who was on hand for the event. The next hearing will be tomorrow night at the Chief Logan Conference Center in Logan County. You're listening to Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Hi, this is Tony Caridi,
14: and I want to encourage you to get your COVID vaccination if you haven't done that already. I have, and you know what? I did it because I want our world to get back to normal so that when the leaves start to change this coming fall, we can fill up football stadiums across the state and beyond. If you haven't got your vaccine yet, I encourage you to do it. Visit vaccinate.wv.gov. This message brought to you by the West Virginia Broadcasters Association and this station.
8: Who is CEC?
15: Civil and Environmental Consultants is West Virginia's fastest-growing engineering firm over the past five years. Our growth reflects the confidence of clients in the manufacturing, mining, natural gas, power, public sector, real estate, and solid waste markets. They know what CEC's senior leadership, integrated services, and personal business relationships can make possible. Visit WeAreCEC.com for more. CEC. Big firm capabilities. Small firm culture.
17: Governor Jim Justice's do it for baby dog sweepstakes. Announcements come out today. The latest round of winners include the two college scholarships awarded to John Fox of Martinsburg and Keeling House in Buchanan, each winning a full four-year scholarship to any public college or university in West Virginia. Also to be announced later today, latest winners of two custom pickup trucks and the newest one million dollar winner, Governor Justice has been traveling the state this month personally delivering those prizes. From the Metro News Anchor Desk, I'm Chris Lawrence.
10: Going to have to go outside during the next commercial break, check to see if my new pickup truck is out there with Baby Dog. Eh, probably not. I mean, I could have a new truck, but I don't think Baby Dog's is going to be delivering me one today. 800 765 Talks the phone number. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. Open line opportunities coming up in a few minutes for you. There's a lawsuit that is going to be moving forward against the state Medicaid program and Unicare which handles managed care for the Medicaid program, contending that people needing treatment for substance use or substance abuse are not getting the treatment they need because of restrictions within the program. I think that summarizes a filing and a notice to the state that that lawsuit is coming. Forbes Law Offices out of Charleston handling the case. Joining us now is attorney Jesse Forbes to explain further. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Dave. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, taking some time with me. That was my explanation of the lawsuit. Uh, can you explain it a little in a little more detail?
24: No, I'm happy to. I thought it was a pretty good explanation. I might have to bring you to the hearing. <laughs> uh, what we have here, Dave, is a situation where I represent Ohio Valley Physicians, which operate as OVP Health, and these folks provide substance use disorder treatment for West Virginia citizens that are part of the Medicaid program. They do this in locations around the state, and they really provide what has been described as the gold standard of substance use disorder treatment. In order to do that and do it safely and effectively, they have drug testing labs in their own facilities, and these are physician-run labs, and they're able to conduct urine screens and get results back within 24 hours immediately so that the doctors and the nurses and the staff that are treating these individuals have the ability to know exactly what the baselines are and what's in these people's system and make decisions on how to provide medical care safely. What started happening at the beginning of this year is is that Unicare, one of the managed care providers for the state Medicaid program, refused to provide reimbursement for these lab tests, and as a result of that, they're now requiring lab testing to be done by out-of-state labs and other labs that are located elsewhere with serious delays in getting these results back. You go from a 24-hour turnaround to days and days before a doctor or or a nurse can figure out what's in someone's system so they can figure out how to treat them effectively. And this is really dangerous for patients. It's dangerous for folks that are recovering from substance use. I mean, as we all know, we're sitting here and we keep saying it, everyone says it all the time, we're in the epicenter of the opioid epidemic, but we say that because it's true. And these folks are trying to battle on the front lines of that to help these people stay off of opioids. And instead of being able to treat them effectively with effective uh, medicine, they're forced to wait days now to get the results of these tests. Now what my people have done instead of doing that is they've continued to provide the tests in house. And they're running up costs for doing that, and and the Medicaid provider, Unicare, is refusing to provide reimbursement. So the Ohio Valley physicians are footing the bill for this because they think that it's in their patient's interest and that they want to be able to say that they're providing effective medicine because they want to treat the patient that's in front of them. Uh, It's a serious problem, and it runs afoul of federal law. The issue is is that um, the, the, the federal law changed years ago to say that there has to be parity in treatment for substance use disorder, the same as if you have some other medical condition and go to a hospital or a doctor. And instead here, Unicare has made this a situation where they're not allowing parity to happen, uh, which they're contractually obligated to, not only to my folks, to these physicians, but they're also obligated through the state of West Virginia's managed care contract, which The reason we filed and and asked for an injunction from the court is that contract is about to renew with Unicare. And we're going to be in a situation where DHHR is allowing them to uh, uh, flout the the federal law again. And and it's dangerous for patients. It's dangerous for West Virginia residents. Um, My folks want to see this in a position where they can treat effectively. But at the end of the day, they can't continue forever to provide this service without reimbursement.
10: So where is this as far as the courts go? You provided the, the notice that uh, this lawsuit was coming. Have have you filed the suit or you filed for injunction? Yep. Where are we in the process?
24: The suit and the, and the petition for injunction have been filed today. Uh, they were filed this morning. My, my clients, th- these are a group of doctors. They, they don't want to be in a courthouse. They, they want to be in a treatment facility or... Uh, it, it, in a hospital treating their, their patients, they don't want to be having to fight a legal battle. So what they've done is they've spent months trying to resolve this first with Unicare and explain to them that, that under our estimation, they're violating federal law. Then they've gone to D H H R through the notice to them. We put the state on notice more than a month ago, telling them this was coming. They needed to address this. Instead of addressing it, they're apparently going to renew the contract with Unicare and allow Unicare to continue to take. Uh, what I believe to be hundreds of millions of dollars under this contract, but not provide this service. Uh, And and what they want to do is they want to do it at at, at a more discounted rate to them, which uh, compromises patient care. That discounted rate involves sending this to out-of-state labs uh, and delaying for for a great deal of time. I mean, I think probably almost everyone listening has had the experience of waiting days and days and days for one of these out-of-state labs to get their COVID-19 test results back. Um, That's what we're talking about here. The difference is you're not just isolating in a house for three or four days. You're sitting somewhere where you can't get your treatment. You can't get the medicine that the doctor wants to prescribe to you because he doesn't know or she doesn't know whether it's safe to do that. And if we're in a position like that, these folks are are drug addicts. Unfortunately, a lot of them have serious opioid problems, and they're, they're going to be in a position where they might relapse or. Uh, if you if you treat them without knowing what's in there, then then you've got a situation of whether or not you're doing something improper that could contribute to, to their detriment. I mean, this this puts patients' lives in danger, which is why uh, my my clients have been trying for months to get first Unicare and then DHHR to do something. Unfortunately, they haven't, and so uh, this group that would really prefer to be treating their patients is now fighting a legal battle so that they can treat them effectively. Is
10: is Ohio Valley Physicians? Unique in this situation? Are they an outlier? Why? Or is this affecting other health care providers in West Virginia?
24: Well, I I believe it's affecting other health care providers, certainly with the Unicare uh, 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 situation, because what you have is Ohio Valley provides a, a really strong substance use disorder program at facilities around the state, and the clientele, the patients, now will have to be driving. Miles and miles. So if you're someone who's, who's sitting in Williamson, West Virginia, and you could go to the OVP facility and get your drug screen, you now are being told, well, you better figure out a way to get a ride to Logan and take, take your drug screen at, at LabCorp or somewhere else so that we can get the results back in days, and we'll call you when we have them. And that's what they want to have happen. Now, my people have continued to pay for this uh, without reimbursement. But I believe that this is a problem that's broader than OVP, it's a problem that uh, the the state really needs to step in and do something for. And that's the impetus for this lawsuit.
10: We'll continue to follow the suit as it moves forward. And, and again, you said that was filed this morning.
24: Yes, sir. That, that, the, the suit was filed in Kanawha County Circuit Court this morning. And at the end of the day, Ohio Valley Physicians, OVP Health, what they're trying to do is treat these people effectively mm-hmm. so that these folks that have substance use disorder can get off of opioids can, in some situations, get their children back, be a parent, be employable, no longer be a burden on society. And they do a a tremendous job at that. But this managed care group that takes uh, hundreds of millions of dollars from the state is trying to tie their hands and make make it ineffective in the way that they treat their patients.
10: Jesse Forbes representing Ohio Valley Physicians and uh, the lawsuit Forbes Law Offices in Charleston. Jesse, thank you very much for the information this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you. Anytime. All right. Coming up. I have nothing. Well, I don't mean that. Actually, I actually have, I have things in mind here, but I'm going to open up the phones for you. The text line is open as well. We'll get into it. We'll jump into the updated CDC guidelines. What's your take? Have you already thrown your mask away and now you got to go get another one? Do you refuse to do it again? I'm willing to go there with you today as long as we stay this side of crazy. All right. I think that's reasonable. I understand your frustration. I'm frustrated with it, to be honest, because it feels to me like that that the end zone is within sight, and, and uh, sorry for the football analogy, but you get hit with a 15-yard penalty, even though I've done everything you've asked me to do. So I understand the frustrations here, but I want to hear from you. 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255 is the phone number. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. It's open phones the rest of the way. Think about it like a middle-of-the-week mini Steam release. But there are no guidelines that I have to follow so I can interact with you. Can't do that on Friday. 800-765-TALKS, the phone number 304-TALK-304 is the text line. Dave Wilson sitting in for Hoppy Kirchwell who is enjoying some time off. Talk line continues in a moment.
15: It starts with an idea. Your idea for a school, an office, a medical complex, or other building. When it's time for that idea to become a reality, count on ZMM Architects and Engineers. They listen. They respond. They think creatively to bring your vision to life, delivering quality, client-focused design solutions just as they have across the mountain state for over 60 years. Online at ZMM.com. ZMM Architects and Engineers. You see us in your community
3: every day. Every day. The chance of bowling a perfect game, 1 in 11,000. The chance of becoming a famous YouTuber, 1 in 135. The chance of cracking the screen of your smartphone, 1 in 6. So, what's the chance of winning the West Virginia Lottery? It's zero if you don't play. With prizes ranging into the millions for draw games, instant win scratch-offs, and an app to make it all easier, don't you think it's time to take your chance? You may be a winner. App does not allow purchases. Please play responsibly at a distance.
14: This is Talkline on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
2: News this morning. The biggest stories from around the state of West Virginia. When you want them. Chris Lawrence at the anchor desk. We are ready to get your day started with the information you need in West Virginia. Carrie Hudasek brings you the day's headlines.
15: A banking company is claiming more than 58 million dollars from Governor Jim Justice and First Lady Kathy Justice based on guarantees they signed. Carter Bank and Trust has filed claims over those millions of dollars based on recent defaults of the Greenbrier Sporting Club and Oakhurst Club. This is the latest in the legal back and forth between the justice businesses and their longtime bank. Kyle
1: Wiggs at the sports desk. Best Virginia played very well, got into the Elam ending. First point was a free throw, then Kevin Jones scored off the baseline, Tariq Phillips and Nathan Adrian would hit back-to-back threes to get Best Virginia to the targeted score, so Best Virginia will play Team 23 Wednesday night in Charleston in that regional championship. And
2: Hoppy Kerchival's daily commentary. Metro News this morning. Listen where you get your favorite podcasts and online at WV Metro News Hey
16: there, Dave Weekly here.
2: Metro News Hotline
16: presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a mountain state point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, text, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from three to six on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
11: Your source for news in the Mountain State is Metro News. Weekday mornings, start your day with the morning news. Three hours of the biggest stories across West Virginia, along with sports, weather, and more. Stay updated throughout the day with reports at half past each hour. And find all the info you need on your schedule at WVMetroNews.com. The news you want from the name you trust. Metro News for 36 years, the voice of West Virginia.
2: Metro News Talk Line with Hoppy Kerchival is brought to you by Encova Insurance, encircling you with coverage to protect what you care about most. Visit Encova.com to learn more. 304-TALK-304
10: 304 304 is the text line, 800-765-8255. That's the phone number. 800-765-TALK. I was just reading during the break. Marshall taking a wait-and-see approach when it comes to conference realignment. Hey, I love my herd, but um, just stay put. <laughs> Where are you going to go? <sighs> another subject for another day. Maybe a whole other show. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. Eight hundred seven six five 765 talk 800-765-8255 is the phone number. Some open line opportunities here. I want to hear your thoughts. We'll get into the CDC guidelines. You heard Dr. Clay Marsh earlier. I'm sure you've read the guidelines at this point. And look, I, I don't. Run into too many people who are living in the gray area. You either are or you ain't. Simply put. Yes, it has been politicized to the nth degree by both sides. Both sides have done it and continue to do it using the pandemic to their political gain. Fully admit that. There are a lot of people who aren't and are, are trying to make decisions in the best interest of everyone, based on data. There are those people, believe it or not. Now, how many of them are on Capitol Hill? We'll we'll debate. 304 Talk 304. Dave, you will never convince me that wearing a piece of T-shirt material or a piece of paper on your face is going to stop a microscopic virus when the people who made it is wearing biohazard suits. They are bleeding heart testimonies from yesterday. Also, the bleeding heart testimonies from yesterday – was clearly Democrats handpicked and very well-coached witnesses, so clearly made for TV testimonies. Oscar-worthy. Show the videos of the officer moving barriers and telling people to come on in, so typical of the Dems. You don't believe – I mean, really? You don't believe those guys yesterday? Give me a break. Come on. You don't believe those guys yesterday. See, this is how quickly we – this is where we are in this, this – frustratingly polarized society where we'll change our narrative based on how we want it to fit into our now completely skewed worldview. We back the blue. Cops are lying. Those cops are lying, though. They were coached. Give me a, Come on. Get your narrative straight and come back. Dave, how come we don't see none of the policemen from the Black Lives Matter rallies that was attacked and cussed? I'm going to institute a grammar policy on these texts. Dave, I haven't thrown my masks away. Anti-vaxxers, it's all your fault. 304 Talk 304. Dave, the most recent Kaiser poll helps illustrate that the vaccine-hesitant group doesn't really lean Republican. Just 20% of the group called themselves Republican, with an additional 19% being independents who leaned Republican. The clear majority, 61%, were not Republicans. 41% said they were Democrats or Democratic-leaning independents, and 20% were either pure independents or undesignated. Huh. All right. I'll look into that poll further. You have piqued my interest. 304-TALK-304 is the text line, 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255 is the phone number. Let's go to Chet in Shinston. Hey, Chet. Hey. Hey, buddy. What do you got?
4: You know, I, I don't feel that we should have to wear a mask again. I didn't have I didn't have COVID twice, and they never gave me any kind of medication, or I never had a shot or anything to help me get over it or anything. Um, I feel they ain't even got a, a cure for the common cold that's been around for ever, uh, but they come out with a vaccine that's supposed to prevent you from getting sick from this suppose, to help you if within a year?
10: Yeah, I, I think if we're not guinea you know. Well, I, I understand you. Well, one, it's a virus, so you're not going to come up with a cure. It, it's a virus. And, I mean, we've had vaccines for viruses for years to help you, one, prevent you from getting it, two, mitigate the symptoms when you do get it. So why is it unfeasible that we couldn't come up with something that quick? We're, we're Americans. This is what we do when when presented with a problem, Chet. We come up with a solution. Yeah.
4: Well, I think with the, I think with the rest of the world, uh, a lot of us are thinking
10: that uh, they're trying to just kill off the population. That see that, that no see there you went you went on that side of crazy. Told you keep it this side of crazy. Three zero four talk. It's my fault. I invited it. Eight hundred seven six five talk. 304 talk. Three zero four is the text line. More of your calls and texts coming up do you need a few million to get by lotto america offers jackpots that start at two million dollars and grow until somebody wins drawings take place every wednesday and saturday and there are nine ways to win a prize so for manageable millions lotto america is your best bet to win a small fortune for just a buck the lotto america jackpot is 2.15 million dollars
11: and now for the good news not everyone needs a college degree to be successful We can provide our young people with the opportunities they need without college, without debt. Apprentice training programs in the construction trades are free. Students earn while they learn and gain marketable, real-world skills on their way to a profitable, rewarding career. And that's the good news. Find out more at RestoreWestVirginiaOpportunity.com.
5: DataRobot,
7: a leader in American artificial intelligence, has opened an office in Morgantown, West Virginia, and is now hiring for software engineering, professional services, and customer support. Artificial intelligence will power tomorrow's economy, and together, West Virginians and DataRobot will lead the way. Learn more at SolveBigProblems.com. The DataRobot artificial intelligence platform combines human intelligence and machine learning to solve big problems. Help forge a new trail for West Virginia's future. Apply today at SolveBigProblems.com.
14: You're listening to Talkline on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
2: This morning, the biggest stories from around the state of West Virginia. When you want them, Chris Lawrence at the anchor desk. We are ready to get your day started with the information you need in West Virginia. Carrie Hudasek brings you the day's headlines.
15: A banking company is claiming more than $58 million from Governor Jim Justice and First Lady Kathy Justice based on guarantees they signed. Carter Bank and Trust has filed claims over those millions of dollars based on recent defaults of the Greenbrier Sporting Club and Oakhurst Club. This is the latest in the legal back and forth between the the Justice businesses and their longtime bank.
2: Kyle Wiggs at the sports desk. Best
1: Virginia played very well, got into the Elam ending. First point was a free throw. Then Kevin Jones scored off the baseline. Tariq Phillip and Nathan Adrian would hit back-to-back threes to get Best Virginia to the targeted score. So Best Virginia will play Team 23 Wednesday night in Charleston in that
2: regional championship. And Hoppy Kerchival's daily commentary. Metro News this morning. Listen where you get your favorite podcasts and online. At
16: WVMetroNews.com. Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
11: Your source for news in the Mountain State is Metro News. Weekday mornings, start your day with the morning news. Three hours of the biggest stories across West Virginia, along with sports, weather, and more. Stay updated throughout the day with reports at half past each hour. And find all the info you need on your schedule at wvmetronews.com. The news you want from the name you trust. Metro News for 36 years, the voice of West Virginia.
10: 800-765-TALKS, the phone number. Got a few minutes left. 304-TALK-304 is the text line if you would like to weigh in. 304-TALK-304. Dave, I'm vaccinated. My wife is not. She's a medical professional. What's that tell you? You tell me. What does that tell me? Sounds like she made a choice not to get the vaccine. So what? From that one case, I'm supposed to glean what information? Why did you get it and she didn't? I'd, I'd be curious to know that answer. 304 Talk 304. Dave, it's frustrating that folks who are pro-vax make ridiculous claims about why folks are not getting it, insinuating that folks who do not want it do not want it because of some uh, Facebook post or the like. Some people are capable of thinking, not being told what to think. Agreed. Now that I agree with. I Look, I have said all along, I give people the benefit of the doubt. I, I, You all are a very, very intelligent audience. I have learned that through my local show every day. I've learned that uh, through this show. I think you can make your own choices. I think you can sift through the data, sift through the Facebook memes, and make a choice that's best for you, and I'm fine with that. All right? I'm fine with that. But like the previous caller, when we start to venture into conspiracy theory land, I just can't go there. Can't go there. 304-TALK-304 is the text line, 800-765-TALKS, the phone number. Ooh, we got a whole bunch of text just flowed in. Dave, the entire blame cannot be put on the anti-vaxxers. If they would prove that they actually love this state and country, they would get the shot. Oh, excuse me. The entire blame can be put on the anti-vaxxers. I beg your pardon. They are so self-centered, they don't care. Please report on COVID antibody testing results. I'll look into it. Dave, please teach the listeners what the word mitigating means. <laughs> uh, y'all with your memes. They're great. <laughs> 304 Talk, I can't even describe that one. It's just, it made me chuckle. To the texter that does not believe masks work. If he ever has surgery, I hope the surgeon and medical staff don't wear a mask because you know wearing a mask does not work, plus causes brain damage from breathing, that all that carbon dioxide shaking my head. 304 Talk 304. Dave, I'm vaccinated, but I will wear a mask to save a friend or a family member because... Uh, save a friend or family member's life because I have lost both because of this disease. You know, that, that brings up an interesting point that we're not going to have time to explore today. And I think really that and why the governor gets so stark with those comments That's how you're going to get people to change their mind. And if you have had a personal experience with this virus or you have lost a loved one and watched them pass away from this virus, it'll change your perspective. It makes it a whole heck of a lot more real. And that's why the governor, I think, gets so stark. Hit the mic. That's why the governor gets so stark in his comments to make you realize this thing is real. Again, you sift through the data. You figure out with your physician and your family what's best for you. But this is where we are. All right, I appreciate all the texts. I'm glad we were able to keep it uh, fairly civilized. I'm back tomorrow in the big chair and Friday. Hoppy is back on Monday. My thanks to Daniel Woods and Taylor Kennedy for running the audio and the video today. You can follow the news of the day over at the website, wvmetronews.com. This is Talkline on Metro News. Metro News is the voice of West Virginia
2: if you enjoyed today's show please head over to itunes give us a rating and leave a review
25: it's wednesday july 28th welcome to market foolery i'm chris hill with me today our man in colorado tim byers thanks for being here thanks man good to see you chris Holy cow, this is one of those days where we could go for an hour. We're not going to yeah. go for an hour. Um, we're going to talk Shopify, Alphabet, Starbucks. Real quick, we're, we're going to hit this in greater detail on Motley Fool Money this week, but give me your quick headline on the latest results from Apple and the latest from Microsoft.
18: Incredible. I, I feel like we have gone full shrug emoji on both of these stocks, meaning that, the numbers are incredible, but the stocks really aren't moving. So just for perspective, 36% revenue growth year-over-year year for Apple. They have essentially $130 billion on their balance sheet that's in long-term savings, non-current assets. That doesn't even include the $70 billion that they can draw on at any time. So Apple is just killing it all the way up and down. But apparently, the stock is down because there is a chip shortage, and we will not have enough M1 Max. For Microsoft, another amazing quarter all the way up and down the business. Again, the cloud computing business, Azure, up 50% year-over-year, 51%, 45%. If you go in constant currency, nobody gives Microsoft nearly enough credit for how much their cloud computing business is killing it. Um, both of these stocks are not moving very much at all. Apple, in fact, I think Chris is down a little bit as we're recording. And so it's it's just a little bit staggering. What we've come to expect of these businesses is extraordinary because the numbers they're putting up under any other circumstances would be mind-blowing.
25: Well, let's move on to Starbucks then. Shares are down more than 3% this morning, despite the fact that The third quarter for Starbucks had so many good things you can point to. Yes, the profit and revenue higher than expected. And I know the year-over-year same-store sales numbers are extraordinary because a year ago, pretty much the United States was shut down. But you go back two years, same-store sales up 10% compared to two years ago. That's pretty great. It's amazing.
18: I mean, I would say I'm risking hyperbole here, Chris, but that is bananas. I mean, the the 83% comps up in in the U.S., 73% up worldwide. And so, yes, we were dealing with empty stores last year. But if you just factor in that two-year number, that means not – I mean, forget about recovery. We're not even talking about recovery. We are now talking about growth, sustained growth from where Starbucks was. And apparently, Chris – um we are uh, we're, we're the out of touch ones here cuz we like our hot coffee and it's the iced coffee that's <laughs> that's driving all this so um but but yeah you know i mean shocker people like coffee uh that that is not very much of a surprise but give the operations leads at Starbucks a lot of credit here, Chris. Not only are they building stores strategically, and I I think the thing that's easy to undersell is that during the pandemic, Starbucks was making investments. At a difficult time to make investments, they were making investments and it looks like it's paying off.
25: Yeah, to go back to the temperature of the beverages for a second, (laughs) I, I knew that You and I were out of step uh, with a lot of people in that we drink hot coffee and there are a lot of people who like cold beverages. I didn't realize it was to the tune of 74%. 74% of beverages sold were cold beverages. Um, Kevin Johnson was on CNBC this morning and he um, addressed an issue which has come up. We've got an email about it. Uh, People have been tweeting at me about it. It is, um, as you might have seen, the price of coffee uh, spiking uh, because of, of what's going on in Brazil and Kevin Johnson talked about their buying strategy which is essentially Starbucks buy locks in in the same way that there are airlines that will lock in jet fuel prices they locked in their coffee prices over a year ago yeah so and and it's just it's, to me it's another reminder of look, I know I know there are you know, part of what's happening with the stock being down today, there were a couple of analysts that came out with new notes on Starbucks pointing to some weakness in China. And, you know, and th- this was not a perfect quarter, and this right. was not perfect guidance. So, I understand the drop, particularly when you consider that the stock hit an all-time high last week. Yep. But listening to Johnson, it was just such a reminder of how smart he is um, in so many different ways, how experienced he is. And he and his team, they've seen this all before. Right. Particularly now that, as you pointed out, they've been investing through the pandemic. So, uh, look if you don't own shares of this and you want to get it three percent cheaper than it was yesterday, today's your day.
18: Right, and I think the the point you make is a really excellent one here that operations do matter. Like you're you're right. Like and And sustained weakness in China is a possibility there 's a lot of weird things going on in China, and not just in tech it 's just across the board there 's a lot of regulatory change there 's a lot of unknowns and that is fair because Starbucks has made huge investments in in China. Having said that, um, you do not get to ten percent you know two year comp growth for lack of operational expertise that means Think of the things that go into a comps raise. It's not just that you have more stores. It is that you are making the most of every square foot in the stores that you've got. And you're figuring out ways to reach your customer. So it, there's, a, there's a principle about using every dollar of investment wisely. And I think Johnson just gets it up and down the board. I think this is a guy that knows how to invest capital well And more than anything else that is out of your control, that is in management's control, the thing that will drive your return is their ability to put a dollar to work and earn a great return on that dollar.
25: Alphabet's second quarter profits and revenue came in higher than expected. YouTube is getting a lot of attention this quarter, but holy cow, the online advertising. For anyone who thought this was a long-term problem, this is one of those quarters that – Demonstrates um, what what goodness can look like if you're a Google shareholder.
18: Yeah, and I mean, I, I'll I'll admit it here, uh, Chris. I I you know I fell for the banana in the tailpipe here. I thought that <laughs> I, I I thought that search advertising was starting to decline here. Boy, was I wrong. I mean, search advertising. As, as part of the Google business was up 68%. Overall, Google Ads was up 69% year-over-year. Year. Uh, YouTube, I think, of 83%. Um, it's just extraordinary. Um, once people got back to the business of, yes, I want to shop for stuff, um, search advertising came roaring back in a, in a massive way. Um, what's interesting too is that they you know the it's not really a side business. It had been the business that we were expecting Alphabet to sort of help grow them out of the advertising business. Google Cloud, their cloud computing business, that did well. It was up fifty four percent year over year. But it was the laggard. It was the advertising business that really lifted Google uh, this past quarter. And of course, they have. Just, I mean, Apple has an extraordinary amount uh, of capital. Um, you know, Google has got just as much. They've got $135 billion sitting on the books. And management has said, you know what? Take $50 billion of that, put it to work, and start buying back shares, both A and C shares. I think we're going to see that over the next, let's say, four quarters here, Chris management's going to start getting aggressive buying back shares so look for that EPS number in future quarters it's going to get even fatter than
25: it is today it's interesting to see this development because there was a point in time you can go back 5 or 10 years where if they announced this type of buyback program there would be passionate shareholders pounding the table saying no 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 you got to invest it you got to look for acquisitions that okay. sort of thing I, This seems like a smart strategy, in part because, look, it's not all the cash. They can afford this. And also, uh, there is always – even if you don't think Alphabet's going to get broken up, the regulatory threat is real. Like that – make no mistake about it. Even if it ends up being a wash and the business is the same a decade from now as it is today, it is still something that executives at Alphabet have to keep in mind – they have to spend time on it and so this seems like a very prudent use of 50 billion dollars right and and
18: you make a really good point there like if alphabet no matter what size it is makes an acquisition right now you know the government will be taking an extra close look and that and it may be a perfectly sensible acquisition and the government still may say nope and, and just because of the regulatory environment we're in, so where else are you going to put that capital to work? One alternative is to pay a dividend. I mean, they've certainly got the capital to do it. They just have shown no appetite for that. So this makes the, you know, of the things that they could do, this makes the most sense um, other than, you know, piling just a huge amount of money into new data centers and, and things of that nature, which, you know, frankly, I still think they're going to do.
25: Shopify's second quarter is more evidence for anyone who needed it that that online shopping has just exploded over the past year um, because Shopify is in the business of making online shopping possible. There are always a bunch of numbers with Shopify. What stood out to you as as particularly noteworthy? 70% growth.
18: And uh, subscription solutions here chris, and so what 's interesting to me about this is this isn 't the part of the Shopify business that usually leads growth usually it 's merchant solutions there 's the merchant solutions piece of the business is Shopify gets a little juice from the amount of commerce that 's coming onto its platform, and there is a lot of it. I mean my goodness the the gross uh, you know the gross merchandise volume. Uh, was forty two point two billion. That's for the quarter. That's crazy. That that's just for the quarter. That was up forty percent year over year. The you know of that, forty eight percent of that is payments volume. So Shopify is doing a ton of business, and overall revenue was up fifty percent, fifty seven percent, I should say. But the fact that for the second consecutive quarter, subscriptions were up over seventy percent means primarily that. You've got a lot of businesses that say, you know what, they're right, we need a Shopify store. And they sign up for the subscription. It's not the major piece of Shopify's revenue. It's like a third. But the fact that it's driving subscriptions and the world is coming to the conclusion that, yes, I need a Shopify store. I'm a brand and I need a Shopify store. That says something. That is probably a leading indicator that that GMV is going a lot higher over the next couple of years.
25: So, when you say, because we, we were going back and forth a little bit this morning, when you say that it's unusual to see this as the growth driver, is that a I mean, look? There are t- times when a business will come out with their quarterly results, yeah, and some small division. Is the reason they put up good numbers, and you can look at that and say, Nah, that's not good." I mean, it's nice, you know, in in the moment for right. this one report. There's a, but if this continues, this is going to be a problem for this business. Is this a problem for Shopify that this is the growth driver two quarters in a row?
18: No, I think it's a I think it's a leading indicator of massive growth down the line because more stores on the Shopify platform. Like it's it's a lagging indicator. You get a store on the Shopify platform. Then that store, presuming it succeeds, it starts generating more GMV. It starts generating more payments, which leads to more merchant solutions. So, like, the more subscriptions there are, the more it can feed that other bigger piece of the business, the merchant solutions piece of the business. So I think it's great. I think it's surprising, but I think it's great. Like, the Shopify thesis has been, look we got a lot of stores here, and they're doing a lot more business. And because they're doing a lot more business, our revenue is going to compound. Not we're going to get a lot more people onto our platform. Uh, but it turns out both things are happening. And the fact that both things are happening means, man, I mean, again, I, it's, not my, it's not my way to copy from my boss, Ron Gross, here. But this one is. It is
25: firing on all cylinders. It really is. When you look at the stock, it's $1,500 a share. It's basically flat today. Off of a quarter like this, do you look at it as just like, look, this is a richly valued stock. Yes. And uh, they they would have needed something even better for this stock to be moving higher today.
18: Yes. It's another one of those shrug emoji stocks where we're like, yes, we're used to seeing this. And so it doesn't. Um, It doesn't move the needle very much. It just proves the inherent greatness of the business. So this is one, I've said this before, Chris, like if you don't own shares of this and you understand that it's richly valued, that's totally fine. If you're interested in it, buy like one share. If you can do that, if you're here in the United States, if you're overseas, like just, and you don't get the benefit of free trades, just make a small amount, just a small trade in the stock and then you know build over time because this is one that is not going to get cheaper anytime soon but its greatness is going to compound
25: well and, and to go back to um to Starbucks and and again I, i'm not knocking the, the 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 wall street analysts who who come out with these notes and you know that's their job and they're they're right. smart people. i'm not and i'm not questioning their intelligence I, I i do however like to remind myself every now and then that their time frame is different than the time yes. frame we talk about here at the Motley Fool, because yeah, Starbucks, the picture in China is not perfect, and you know there, there's always going to be uh, challenges in running and growing a business that big. But Johnson's experience, he's got a smart team around him. Uh, he knows what he's doing. So it's like, okay, yeah, if your time frame is the next three months. Yeah, I get why you're neutral on Starbucks. If you're thinking about it for five and 10 years, then what do we even with <laughs> And that's kind of how I look at Shopify. Like, I don't own right. shares. It's on my watch list. And part of me is like, yeah, I should probably just buy a couple of shares just to stick it away and not think about it for the next decade. Because I bet a decade from now, which is my time frame, it's going to be higher.
18: Right. And I, I look at it, same thing, right? Like the Starbucks argument is, do we believe people are still drinking coffee and drinking it in greater volume over the next 10 years? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, and with with Shopify, same thing. Do we think a greater portion of business will be done globally and online? Do we think that's a reasonable assumption? I think the answer to that is, yeah. I mean, the portion of business that can be done online Or done in a hybrid fashion where you order online and pick up or order online and get it delivered. Yeah, that's going to happen. And it's not going to all be centered around one vendor called Amazon. It's going to be a lot of businesses. I mean, if you were to put Shopify and Amazon together, you know, and you thought of Shopify as one ecosystem and Amazon as the other. How much of the world's business are you talking about? It's a lot but it's also still less than 50%. That is extraordinary. So uh, I, I think there's a lot of room for growth here, Chris. No doubt. No doubt in my mind. But yeah, there, there's also no doubt it's a, it's a very richly priced stock. So one or two shares to tuck it away, I think it's a good strategy.
25: Tim Byers, always great talking to you. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against so, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.
12: If you enjoyed this
20: episode, please leave us a review on iTunes.